Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Eric Ostrowski. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. How you doing, everybody? Murph and Fred and Eric Ostrowski. And, uh, you know, as a Cub fan, Fred, I don't know, you know, next week it's your turn, right? Next week, Sox Fest. Sox Convention. Sox Fest. Let me tell you something. They didn't want to go Sox Convention. They didn't want to be anything like the Cubs. They didn't want to be like that. Well, they didn't have John McDonough to dream it up. That's right. Cubs Convention, Sox Fest. I was at the first one. I've told you that. Yep. Over at the Hyatt. I think in 90, I mean, uh, 82. Now, the Blackhawks have one. We're just waiting for the Bulls to have a festival. Oh, they're having one now. Oh, yeah. It's a party, all right. How you doing, everybody? Mike Murphy here, Fred Hubner alongside. And, uh, you know, we've been talking Bears Saturday morning for about the last month and a half. Do you think we can slide some baseball in today? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's no reason to talk Bears anymore. No, 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 no. It's a shame. 332-3776. They could have beaten those damn... Eagles, and they could have beat the Rams. I know, oh. I know. They go to the Super Bowl. You know, that wore me out, too. No. I was getting, I, what, with the loss, it just, you know, I was just worn out. Yeah, but at least, at least Alshon Jeffrey dropped a pass. Wasn't that beautiful? Ah, How did, you I know what? It. How did he do that? Uh, he was looking, he was looking, he thought he was going to get hit. And there was no what one. happens when you go over the middle and you can't. Uh, but there was no one within about three yards of him. No. He wasn't going to get hit right away. No. Well. You know, that was know. third and long, right? Was that fourth and no, wait? Was that third and long? Or, no, that was fourth I don't know. down. I, all, I, that was all fourth I know down. Is, they were down in. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter where it was. All it was was a turnover. The plus 35, the plus 40. Yeah. They were it marching. was another first down. They were marching <laughs> on. It was going to be more Nick Foles history, but uh, uh, yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Alshon laughs, Jeffrey talk. Last laughs the best. That's right. Is what whoever they are. All oh, the second saying. graders in Philadelphia. They all said that's okay, <laughs> Alshon. Everybody screws up. Lots of Cubs talk today. We'll try to shoehorn in White Sox, and uh, we won't try to shoehorn in Bulls, but we do have no. a few little nuggets if if we feel like it. They'll but... be breaking White Sox news when Manny Machado signs. But now there's rumors are that there's not one but two mystery teams. Oh, you know what? We're going to get to that phrase. Uh, okay. That's like my... Did you, are you looking at my yellow team. pad? There's mystery team things. I got it up to here with For that. years, the White Sox have been a mystery team. <laughs> now we'll see what happens. I have a theory on that. And uh, guys like this, John Heyman. Uh-huh. What's his name? John, John Heyman. Heyman. Fiction writer. Fiction no. writer. You know, someone's got to do it. You think about it, and a lot of people say, you know, the way baseball uh-huh. free agency's been going the last couple of years, they got to change it to be like the NBA, where all of a sudden it's a sh- certain period of time. Yeah. Everybody signs here. Makes sense. The funny thing about the NBA is, I was talking to Chris Black as we were leaving here yesterday, right before the snow came down, and... In basketball, yeah. you hear all these reports. Oh, this these people are talking to this guy, and this guy's on a plane, and he's going to visit them. And in baseball, you don't hear anything. You I, hear nothing. Let me tell you something. That mystery team, and and we'll get right to the Cubs convention. The mystery team thing is baloney. <laughs> and I'll tell you, there's two reasons it's baloney. Number one, there it's planted planted by the agent. Sure, the agent calls a guy like John Heyman, who's a fiction writer. And they'll say to him, uh, the agent will say, you know, I got two, two teams bidding on my guy. Hey, John, it's uh, Joe here, the agent. Yeah, yeah. 
hey, guess what? I can't tell you who, but there's a, a mystery team. That's right. Oh, wow. Yep. So why is he doing that, the agent? To try to scare the two teams that are bidding on his guy. Sure. To maybe pony up or get the deal done. Oh, no, now there's a third team. There's a mi- no team, no mystery team. And you know why else that phrase has come along? You got fiction writers like this baseball expert John Heyman, who then they can they can fiction, they can type. Is it still called type? I think so. Enter. No, usually it's just on your what phone do you call now. It? I know, but what do you call it? Enter. Yeah. Write. They can just write. They just tweet it. They just make up yeah. stuff, and then. If someone then later uh, comes in, you know, I told you there was a mystery team. It started years ago, but I don't understand. And I know our station and our company has a big rule about it. Um, it, I've never read the rule. No, no, no. They got a big rule about it, but I couldn't care less who reported something first. Every time someone mentions something, even Ken Rosenthal the other day said, this guy reported the Uh signing first and this guy reported the money first. Mm -hmm. I couldn't give a rat's Rudy Tootie. And and really, that's the first time I've ever said that because usually I I say the other word. You stole that from Dan Juggins. Yeah, usually I say the other word, but I don't want to do that on a Saturday morning Uh when people are trudging around, you know, shoveling their driveway, listening to us on their their wireless headphones. In fact, here, this was uh, Cap and uh, uh, Jed Hoyer. Earlier this week, nice of the Cubs, uh, well, they call him the general manager. Nice for the assistant water boy over there, Jed Hoyer, to come on. That's always nice. It's not his fault. He's got a nice job. Yeah. He's also the guy that brought along this uh, Jason McLeod. That might might be his. We'll talk about him later. That might be his fault. The worst scouting director in baseball, and he's been there seven, eight years. Look at the, uh, here's, uh, let's listen in. This is, uh, I think they're going to mention the mystery team. Yeah, it's going to be this, this, or this for Harper, and this, this, or this for Machado. But there could be a mystery team out there. Shot or no shot, the Chicago Cubs are that mystery team. By rule, I'm not allowed to say that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, um, I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dribble once, and I'm going to, I'm going to pass and let someone else take a shot that is a. Uh, by rule, allowed to take that shot. Great question by Kip. You got to ask it. That's a, rumors. There's a mystery team. Is it us? There is no mystery team. It's baloney. But I got a question. Yeah. Why is it against the rules for for management of yeah. baseball teams to talk about free agents? That doesn't make any sense. They're not under contract with anybody. Why can you not talk about a guy? Yeah. It could be looked at as sort of tampering. With what? Well, He's a free agent. Right. I don't know. Theo said the same thing. It's a weird rule. No, I, I understand. I agree. I understand not talking about a guy that's under contract. You can't say, "Well, we'd like to get this guy." When another you, team owns right, him. When right. another team owns him. Right yeah. now, these guys are free agents. You should be able to talk about Bryce Harper mm-hmm. or whoever you want to say. Listen, we're trying to get Bryce Harper. Yeah. Maybe that's why baseball is so boring in this time of year instead of exciting. Where other teams say, "No, we want this guy. We're trying to make an effort for this guy." Well, we can't talk about free agents. Why can't you talk? about free agents. I had an idea. That makes no sense. Okay. And there's never got to be some reason. They're never going to put missing. a deadline on you got to sign your guy by uh, you know March 1st or whatever. That's never going to happen. But how about this? In Japan, they have a thing called posting, right? Yeah. All right. That's confusing to me. Well, so. that's what they had to do with, they had to do with uh with like Otani. Yeah. Yeah, the big but thing with Otani. Basically, it's blind bidding. Yeah. See? They call it posting. I think it's a brilliant idea. Now, let's say in MLB, the bids had to be sealed and delivered, and that's your only bid. Yeah. In other words, you got from October until 
January 1st, and you uh, send to the, uh, so you send to Harper's agent. You go, seven years, 25 million per. Uh-huh. And then they get the envelope. Someone won't, some teams won't even submit one. Maybe the White Sox will say, well, you know, we'll go six years at 24, whatever. And then the agent opens them all up and decides who he wants. No more negotiating. Now, the agents wouldn't like it, but it sort of makes sense. I thought the posting was just to get them out of, into the country, and then you had to make your own offer for them separately. Yeah, it's a bid right. to negotiate the contract. That's really It's a bid in order to get the rights to sign him but to a, a deal. Correct, but isn't it a blind bid? You don't know what the other... No one knows what the other team's offering. I believe offering. that is correct. That's yeah. blind. But, but well, that's that, what I... Right. Was referring to. But, and that makes more sense, what you were saying. Right. I mean, uh, what they're doing now with the posting is you have to do that to, to be able to negotiate the with the owner guy. of the uh, right. Nippon uh, Ham Fighters. Yeah, but. You say, well, we'll, we'll give you $25 million to talk to Darvish. But those were all. And then you're the only team. Then you negotiate your own deal with Darvish. You're yeah, right. But of the, course. in the posting, I think the posting was one set number. The posting number was like $50 million. And you have to pay that, and whoever did that, they accepted yeah. the one, and then you get the, you paid fifty million to a team. If you're a high bidder, though, to, no, you, there's only one bid. I think there isn't. I think yeah. just in the last couple of years, they put a ceiling on it because right. people were bidding like crazy. I think they put a cap oh, on it, bad. like you said. Yeah. Well, if yeah. I'm the owner of the Nippon Ham Fighters, I love everyone overbidding. Anyway, what do we know? We're just fans. Cubs talk. Jesse Rogers, listen to who's going to be giving us a call from the Cub Convention. Our guy, Jesse Rogers. I don't know when. Depends on if if Theo's going to talk to me or not. Did but Jesse will phone in. Fergie Jenkins is going to phone in. He's got a great new book coming out uh, about uh, the 50 years ago this year. And uh, from Forbes magazine. Fred, you got a copy of this. An amazing story written about Tom Ricketts, the Cubs' money, earlier this um, uh, week in Forbes magazine. That's the financial magazine. Ryan uh, Davis will join us. And uh, he's got a lot to say, such as uh, the headline, Cubs ownership needs to answer for the sudden financial restrictions, and he pulls no punches. We'll have a lot to do with uh, Cubs guys today calling in. Well, when we get Jesse, we can ask him why Javi Baez stole the sunglasses. Because usually it was <laughs> Jesse was the only guy that wore sunglasses in, indoors. Now Javi had some on. But then I realized that Javi got a raise of $4.6 million, uh-huh. so maybe he can afford some nice shades. Those are the biggest shades I think I've ever seen. They're pretty large. Mm-hmm. They're Harry Carey-looking shades. They are. Yeah. That's exactly right. Just about. I would tell you, I knew a guy used to go to on North Avenue. He's retired now, an eyeglasses guy. Right on uh, north, just west of uh, Wells over okay. there, Old Town. Yeah. And uh, he told me, once, you know, Harry used to come here. I go, you can, yeah, he lived at the Ambassador yeah. East. He'd come here, and then... Uh, uh, he'd order the. He had a special. There was a special number model oh, for sure. the big uh, frames, and he'd special order them with the big tinted uh, windshield uh, glasses. You know, glass in there. And he says he he, he didn't pay me. Yeah. No, then he came back about a, a year later, and I, he's, I said, "Harry, you still owe me from last time." <laughs> and the, Harry, Harry realized he was serious. That was it. That, that he was his only. Anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. Harry left. Uh, let's take a look at the. Um, oh, it's, let's bring up the phone calls here, right there. Gary's in Plainfield. Wants to augment our conversation on posting and Come blind on. bidding. Gary, try to make us smarter. Yeah, Gary, help oh, us. It's not hard. Good morning. Good morning. How Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. Great. I'm just trying to 
muscle through the snow we have out here out in Plainfield. And yeah. it was great show, guys, by the way. Well, you know? we got about two hours and 45 minutes to mess it up. Oh, right. Well, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying about that hush rule, and I think really what ends up happening here, the real losers yeah. in that hush rule, is the player and the agents, right? Because mm-hmm. listen to this, right? So if you're Bryce Harper, you would want to create a bunch of um, a news around you as a player, like if people teams are interested in you. So I think what ends up happening is I think the rules in place to protect the owners, right? Because if there's a lot of attention and the Cubs show interest in Harper and then the Mets and then all of a sudden, the, you know, um, the Giants, mm-hmm. it, it, cre- it increases value for that player, right? Sure. So I think what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that rule might be in place to protect the owners so this doesn't well, get out of control. That, protect you know, the owners from themselves. Well, Gary, uh, <laughs> as uh, always, uh, you're a caller of the show. Which means uh, you get to go over and shovel my driveway. No, you get to go to uh. Fred's house and eat everything in Fred's refrigerator over in Downers Grove. But Five people could do that. Gary's right. Yeah. The owners have to protect themselves from spending too much money, just like all salary caps. Yeah, that's and now a great this, call. This cockamamie luxury tax. Gary, you're the best. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Phone Gary. again. All right, great show. Don't, right, lift, don't, lift, Thank you. don't lift the snow. Just push it. Lifting is not a good idea. Not good for the heart. Not good for the ticker. No, it's certainly not. Whether Just you have a good ticker it, or a bad ticker. Push it or you have Chris or Mike, my two neighbors, uh, with uh-huh. their snowblowers, and they come in there and do the driveways. Before we go to the uh, focus group Twitter polls here, Fred, I tell you, this Cubs convention has backfired, at least to this fan here, Mike Murphy. Okay. I wasn't that irritated until all these guys started opening their yappers again. I wasn't that mad. All right, I understand. You got the you got a uh, you got to redo the Wrigley Field, and you got this, and you got that, and the cow jumped over the moon. Okay, then they all start talking. Uh huh. They all start talking, and we appreciate it when they come on ESPN One Thousand. Sure. Thank you, Tom Ricketts. Thank you, Theo Epstein. He's a slick talker, isn't he? I thought he was great last night. He's smooth. Wow. He's a smooth talking guy. He's got to come up with some reason that they're not going to spend money. And then Jed comes on, and God loved Jed, the water boy, you know, and he's the one that must have recommended uh, uh, Jason McLeod, this uh, worst scouting director in baseball. But then the more I hear these guys, and the more I hear these guys, you know what? I'm going to tell you what really, it finally dawned on me, and here's why I, we used to have that summit. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it any longer. All right, let's bring in. It's about uh, time for them to redo that movie, too. And it'll be lousy. Has there ever been a good remake? Well, the, the new Star is Born is pretty good. All right, that's cool. Yeah. Let's bring in EO11. Eric, uh, give me a little Twitter poll. Oh, look how fast he is. You like Quick Draw McGraw over there. I'm on it, Murph. Who's I'm on Quick it Draw McGraw? Google that Quick Draw McGraw. Oh, it was a great, co- uh, great comment. Hey, Quick Draw. Yep. All right, uh, Eric, give me the number one uh, poll question. What do we have first place? All just, right, the just top, the question, top not, poll the, question. No, not the result. Yeah, just the question, yep. please. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, so Cubs fans, this one's for you guys. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Tom Ricketts has closed the checkbook mm-hmm. on A, that makes you mad. Mm-hmm. B, everyone has a budget. Yeah, true. C, chill. chill you won a World Series. I've never used the word chill, but I did this time, Fred. Okay. It works for me. I say chill all the time. So right, I get it for you. And then uh, D, Theo will fix things. So let me recap this, Eric. Stay on here. Cub fans, vote now. At uh, ESPN 1000, A, B, C, or D. Tom Ricketts has closed the checkbook. A, that makes me mad as a Cub fan. B, A, everyone has a budget. C, 
chill out. He won the World Series. You got that stupid T-shirt, Murph. D. <laughs> Theo will fix everything. All right, number two. Throw the White Sox fans something here. Yeah. Okay, White Sox fans, you'd like your 2020 manager to be... Is this multiple choice? Of course it okay. is, Murph. You'd like your manager next in 2020, not this guy, 2020, yes. To be A, Rick Renteria, Ooh. B, Joe Girardi, mm. C, Joe Madden, <gasps> D, Mark Grudzelanik. Who is the... Uh, AAA manager Sox right AAA now. AAA guy. Yes. All right. I might have changed that, that last one. I didn't know who else to Omar put for Vizquel? D. Omar Vizquel. Uh-huh. Just got moved up from single A to double A. All right. So, but, D, you know. D is like other than. Yeah, yeah grab bag. Yeah, vote for vote for Grudzelanik if you think it's going to be someone minor besides. manager. Yeah, because okay. I saw that. They did it this week. They mm-hmm. made, moved Omar Vizquel from A, yeah. to, a to double A. So, if Her, nothing else, no. he'll be an assistant. Uh, he'll be a coach of some kind when it when comes time. He could flash Mr. Wilson out there, couldn't well, he? I'd put, him ah. in, I'd put him in short now. <laughs> He, he, he could come on up and uh-huh. teach Tim Anderson a few things. So vote now at ESPN 1000. Cub fans, Tom Ricketts has closed the checkbook. How do you feel? White Sox fans, vote now at ESPN 1000. Who would you like to be your 2020 manager of your Chicago White Sox? Let's throw two more out there while we're on a roll. Number three, EO. All right, this one's directed towards Cubs fans as well. All right. Who have you lost confidence in? Oh, I like that. Is this multiple choice? It is, it is. We're going right. to go with A, the owner, Tom Ricketts. <sighs> B, the VP, Theo Epstein. No! C, the manager, Joe mm. Madden. Ooh. Or D, I still love them all. Whoa, man! That's I, a tough question. Thank you. That's a tough one. I don't drink on Friday night. Yeah. No. That's a very tough Saturday one. Saturday afternoon, different story. Yeah, especially this Saturday afternoon. I'm going over there. going to go walk around, see if I can see Tom Ricketts, Theo, Joe Madden, Jed, and all the boys. Cup fans... Who have you lost confidence in? Mr. Ricketts, Mr. Epstein, Mr. Madden, or I love them all. Three three two three seven seven six. That's tough. How about one more White Sox uh, poll uh, question there? All right, so Sox fans, who mm. do you want? Oh, okay. A Manny Machado. You know, I think let's just call him uh, Manny Macho. It's all easier. Right. All right, Manny, Manny Macho. Macho. Manny Macho. Not Macho Man Savage. Bryce Harper, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, C, both, or D, neither. So Ooh. Machado, Harper, both, or neither. Sox okay. fans, vote now. 332-3776 or at ESPN 1000. I seem to be the only person on the face of the earth uh-huh. that doesn't want Bryce Harper on my team. I don't care what team it is. I don't want Bryce Harper on my team. I don't think he's going to help you. Neither does Tom Ricketts. Well, apparently, yeah. I don't think he's going to help you. Everybody, tell tell me all the numbers. I heard Carmen this week without oh, like off all the numbers I talking like about him. how he's all ready to, to burst out his prime years and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The last three years, JT Real Mudo has been better than yeah. Bryce Harper. So I don't oh, want to yeah. hear it until Bryce Harper has another good year. So, you Car- know. Carmen, is, uh, you're from Cicero. I'm from Cicero. Carmen's from Cicero. Skisado. Berwin, Cicero, Berwin, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. Yep. Okay. Right there. So No, Carmen's out by where I am. Uh, yeah, now he by is. By Lions Township High right. School. Yeah, now he's uh-huh. out in that yeah. area. Yeah. But he grew up in Berwin. He was born in Berwin area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. He knows where Freddy's is right there yeah. on 16th. Right. Best Italian place in the area. Patron saint of 22nd Street, St. Paul Federal. There you go. Right. Old joke. 
Uh, and I told Chuck you wouldn't get it. Right over my head. That's yeah, okay. Right Don't worry about Within like a four-block span, there were about there were about seven savings and loans. People saved their money in Ski Sado oh and Berlin, my friend. Central Federal, Olympic Savings, <laughs> uh, Lincoln Federal. That was your dad's yeah, Olympic. All, all your dad didn't know right. it. All, oh, did it? No, oh. he didn't. Uh, all, all kinds mm-hmm. of unbelievable places. So. All right. Give me some Cubs music. I want to talk a little bit about the Cubs. Fred, join in. It's a in. Cub convention. Join in. Well, I'm, I will never sing or dance. Plus, oh, by the way. <laughs> please. Plus, they play the song after they've already won. The go-go so White Sox, you dance sense. around the table here. Yeah, okay. well, once in a while. The White Sox polka. Hey, Aaron, do me a favor while uh, we're filibuster, filibustering here. Look up a couple of those scouting uh, services or whatever and see what the general consensus is on uh, farm systems. Current right now ranking, like are the White Sox number one and the Cubs are number 30? That's what someone was telling me the other day. But, but when you leisurely, when you get a few minutes. Okay, you can work on that. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, little Cubs talk here, okay? I started analyzing all this, you know. The money, Theo, the disaster. You know, he got run out of Boston with those six, seven disastrous free agents. I signings. still remember Carl Crawford like it was yesterday. I, I used to have the laundry list. Bobby Jenks yeah. and Carl Crawford and Lugo and uh, Matsusaki, the pitcher, and right down the line. I mean, they threw him out. They said, you're leaving. You've had six, seven disastrous. You wonder, if, you know, you wonder if that's getting to the point now for Mr. Uh, uh, Ricketts. But anyway... Let's analyze real quick what's been going on because it's very, it can be very simple or it can be very complicated. Number one, Theo and his failure, Jason McLeod, the Cubs' uh, scouting director, meaning for the draft coming up every year, amateur scouting, you know, right. we're talking right here, not the professional, like if you're going to make a trade and pick up uh, Strope. Right. You're going to uh, pick up uh, Arietta. We're talking about the. Uh, Combing the fields for the high school and college kids. Theo and company have never developed one pitcher in seven years. That, my friends, is the key to all the problems. Did anyone ever ask Theo that over the last week? He's been making the rounds. Theo, how much of the problem is the fact that you and McLeod have signed, drafted, developed Zero quality pitchers in seven years. Right. There have been a couple that have filtered up for an inning or two, or, you know. But one could be Dylan Cease. We'll find out. But he's not here yet. No, he's not. So everything Plus goes. He won't be there for the Cubs either. Well, no, <laughs> no. So. No, he and Eloy are working out. Yeah. So I they needed that- Quintana. You see, it all, it's, it's, it's all like the. Uh, dominoes. Yep. All right, number one. Theo and company has never developed a, uh, a pitcher of any substance in seven years. Number two. Theo, be it Boston or Chicago, has always outspent his mistakes. Sign more guys. Sign more guys. Number three. It appears... Ricketts has cut off Theo, the money train, and has said, fix it. Yep. Fix it. See, these guys are very eloquent talkers. Uh, They're very glib. And, and, you know, and they're fun to, oh, you know, what they do is they install confidence. 
You listen to Theo and you go, oh my gosh, this guy is one sharp cookie. Oh boy, is this guy smart. Fred, how can he not be smart? He drafted Chris Bryant in the second pick. How come he didn't? Who picked first? Houston. Yeah. You know who they picked. Mark Appel. Yep. Who's not playing baseball anymore. What if? Just just for a thing out there. If you're not talking to Jesse right now. Hey, Theo. What if the Astros had taken Chris Bryant? You'd have gotten, uh, you'd have grabbed Appel or John Gray, the uh, two pitchers that went in the top three. But it didn't. Gray's pretty good. I understand. Gray's not bad. Pitching for the Rockies. It's all right. So number one, Theo's never developed a pitcher in seven years, along with Jason McLeod. That's where all the problems stem. Number two. Theo's always been allowed to, and at Boston and Chicago allowed to, uh, you know, I can outspend those mistakes. That was until Boston tied a can to his rear end. Okay. Number three, Ricketts now has cut off Theo and said, fix it yourself, which is impossible because, Fred, as you know, and we've always, there's three ways to improve your uh, uh, team in any sport. Let's look at baseball. What are they? The draft. Draft. Trades. Trades. And free agents. Free agents. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, 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 Aaron, there's three ways to improve your team. I always called you Felix. I apologize. For the second time. Force of habit. (laughs) Upstairs three times. Sorry. (laughs) We got to keep playing it. I know. I tried to find a Felix the Cat song for Felix, but it uh, didn't work. I don't think that cartoon would have made it anymore in today's... uh... That and a million other ones. (laughs) Yes. Man. (laughs) Bugs Bunny was the best. Nobody wants that. Popeye was not very nice to his uh, olive oil, no, was poor it? poor olive, right? Poor <laughs> olive. Never got out of the house. Let that record show. Ralph Cramden never laid no, a glove he on just, his lovely wife, He Alice. just said to the moon. He just said to the moon one yeah. of these days. Yeah. And zoom. Never, never touched her. Nope. Never played shortstop either. Fred Flintstone. Uh-huh. Arnie Robo. Did you know that, uh, E-11? That the what? The Flintstones based on the- were based on the honeymooners. I did not know that. Hanna Barbera out, really? in Calif- out in L.A. Okay. Yeah, you think no. about it. Yeah. Same show. Fred and Wilma. Yeah. Yeah. Ralph no, and, when you think Ralph about it, you're right. Absolutely. Look like them. Except Barney didn't wear uh, suspenders. And you also had you also had Lucille Ball. That must have been tied in there somewhere. Yes. With Fred Mertz and uh, his wife <laughs> and, their, you know, Lucy and Ricky. All right. Uh, EO 11. Uh, More nostalgic TV later. The three ways to fix a sports team. Baseball this time. The Cubs, for instance. Uh, you bring up hot shot, can't miss from the farm system. Uh, you make trades uh, or free agents. Well, there's no free agents coming. Uh, trades, no one that they trade, uh, they can't trade anybody because they can't replace them from the farm system. The only way you make a good trade is you trade Hap or you trade Schwarber or you trade Elmora or you trade De Contreras, and then you you bring up that hotshot rookie, a catcher, or third, or left, or second. Where is that Cubs farm system? Uh, and, and did you get a chance to find a good source or mix that? What would you do there? Yeah, so this is from Baseball America. I've got both the Sox and the Cubs. Oh, I like Baseball America. Uh, according to Baseball America, the Cubs have the 29th ranked farm system in MLB. They're not worst. They're not worst. No. no. I actually, I didn't see who was the worst. I forgot to write that down. teams. All right. Uh, and the White Sox are... The White Sox are third All right. on that list. Okay. So seven years, 
Theo's really never developed anybody other than a first-round pick. Other than the four first-round picks, Hap, Elmora, Schwarber, Bryant. There's really nobody else came up through the system. Soon Eli and Dylan Cease. But he had to move them because he didn't have any pitching to get Quintana. And he, yeah, and they yeah. they signed guys. I mean, Eloy was a was a signing. Well, draft right. but developed is right. the word. They haven't and, developed anybody. Right. So it was Glyber right. Torres. Glyber Torres was a guy that was you know an international signing. Well, they had to right? trade him for Chapman, right? Because they didn't have any pitching coming uh-huh. up. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, oh, I know we got to take a break, Eric. Back in a flash, Jesse's calling in from the Cubs convention. Fergie's calling in from the Cubs convention. And from Forbes magazine with a blistering uh, column about uh, the uh, spending habits of the Chicago Cubs. Ryan Davis will join us. All that and more. Murph and Fred, 9 till noon. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Murph and Fred, glad you're with us. ESPN 1000. Jesse's going to call in from the Cubs Fest convention. Fergie will call in. Forbes, sports, money, writer Ryan Davis. Scathing, scathing, blistering story this week in Forbes, the financial magazine about... Where's the money? Where's the beef? 332-3776. Last chance to vote right now. Cub fans, Tom Ricketts has closed the checkbook. A, does it make, makes me mad. That's how I voted. B, everybody has a budget. C, relax. He won the World Series. And D, Theo will fix everything. Sox fans, who's your manager for 2020? Keep Renteria, Joe Girardi, Joe Madden, or maybe one of the minor league guys uh, coming on up like Mark Grinzelanek or Omar Vizquel. Uh, and you can vote uh, live on the radio at 332-3776. Cubs fans, uh, who have you lost confidence in? Well, I've lost confidence in A, Tom Ricketts, B, Theo Epstein, or C, Joe Madden, or D. I love them all still. And Sox fans, who do you want? Manny Macho, Harper, both, or neither? Do you, you know, vote yet, Fred? One thing, uh, I did vote on some right. of them. Uh, one thing that, um, you know, Tom Rick has talked during the week about the money they've spent and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if the pitchers would have done better last year, maybe they wouldn't be in this predicament and things like that. One thing I went and I just figured it all out mm-hmm. uh, today. There were seven guys that went to arbitration. For the Cubs, and one of the things that Tom Ricketts mentions is, well, we, you know, we have to go out and sign our own guys. Now, some people may not have realized this, and you know, it's just a number. You own a guy for six years, but he's entitled to raises, and the judge arbiter, right? Yeah, well, but yeah, but but instead of going to arbitration, the Cubs, with all seven guys uh, that were up there, came to agreements with all these guys. Mm -hmm. So there were raises of like two point seven million for Schwarber, right? Um. Javi. Two million for uh, Bryant, four point yep. six for Javi, one point eight for uh, Mike Montgomery, a three point four million dollar raise for Kyle Hendricks, right? Nine hundred thousand for Edwards. That comes out to fifteen point six million. You're right. However, this was no surprise. Oh no, no, no! I know. Oh, they, yeah. I know right. they know it. Oh, I know but what I know I'm that. saying is, it's a number that's out there. Well, that money people than... just have to realize yeah. that. That is, you know, they they didn't spend money on anybody, but they did have to spend fifteen more million to keep their own guys. But you're exactly right; it's totally factual. 
But let's remember, the first year, you got a guy six years. Years four, five, six, you can they can go to arbitration eligible unless you're a super two and you can do it year three, yada, yada. Point is, they got a whiteboard somewhere and they write down, they knew three years ago what Bryant would probably get in years one, two, three, four, right. five, six. Right. Uh, Javi might have fooled them a little bit. I think so. But still. Yeah. And, but they might have had Schwarber making more, you know. But they know. You're exactly right, Fred. Hendricks but went from they, $4 million to 7.4. Well, because you know what? He's a top. Uh, yes, he is. He's a top pitcher. On I the, agree. Top pitcher on the Cubs. As we know, we went through the uh, Bill James uh, sliding of all our starting pitchers last week. The Cubs uh, have the 14th best pitcher in baseball, Kyle Hendricks. 18th best pitcher. In baseball, in Cole Hamels, this according to Bill James. Uh, 24th, John Lester. Uh, 25th, Jose Quintana. Kyle Hendricks, uh, number 14th overall, the best Cubs pitcher. According to Bill James. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to get the dough. Yeah, but you it got was it. No surprise, though. No, no surprise. But you're nope. right. You're exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, so, it right. is money that they did spend. So, I mean, people say, no, well, yeah. they're not spending. Well, they did have to spend 15 more million than they did last year mm-hmm. to keep it, keeping their own guys. You know, when you sign. A, uh, a player to a six-year contract, or or you know, sign a free agent to a seven or eight-year contract. I mean, you you budget in that you're going to lose that incremental flexibility in the future years. So the um, I mean, and you make those decisions, and you know, and honestly, like you look back at last season. I mean, 95 wins, and it ended in a horribly disappointing way, and everyone feels down. But but you know, the the three big off-season moves all had issues. I mean, whether it was whether it was you know, uh, you know, injuries or otherwise. I mean, had any of those guys been able to hang in for a season, you know, it would have been a different story. And those guys are all coming back, and Darvish feels great. Then you throw in Hamels for a whole year. And we got a good team. We got a good lineup, and we got, you know, we got the right people. But when you, um, you can't spend the same dollar twice. So you have to make resource allocation decisions, and no team has infinite resources. Rick, it's on with Cap. Great job, Cap. Here's the bottom line. The Swirsky used to say that. And now the bottom line. Maybe Chuck's listening. Hey, Chuck. Here's, the, here's what's happening. Ricketts has cut off Theo. But here's why I got mad this week, Fred. Listening to these guys. And they are smooth talkers. I thought what he said there was exactly correct. Oh, yes. If any of the pitchers would have no, worked no, out. Everything was correct. Yeah, they You're, won 95 yes. games. Right. You know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was a, a gut-wrenching loss. As a Cub fan, here's, here's why I'm mad. As a Cub fan, because Theo has, because Ricketts has lost confidence in Theo. That's my opinion. Okay. And has slammed shut the checkbook for whatever reason. Here's why I'm mad. Because of the ineptitude of, of Theo and Jason McLeod, in seven years, develop a pitcher. And everything domino affected backwards because of that. You had to pay Hamels you didn't expect. You had to trade Eloy. And everything went backwards because of that. Because, because Ricketts has slammed shut the checkbook. You know what he's doing? He's punishing me. He's punishing the fans. Here's the fans that have been going out there, spending money, and all of a sudden now, he pulls the rug out. It's, he's the owner. He can do whatever he wants, Murph. I understand that. Fred, check this out. I had to research this because I'd forgotten. Right now, 
Ricketts, Ricketts bought the Cubs October 31st of 2009. That means he's owned the team for 10 years. All right. The first one, two, three, the first five years that Ricketts owned a team. Right. This is why I'm mad. Now all of a sudden he's pulling the checkbook out. The first five years, starting in 2010, they finished fifth place last, uh-huh. 16 back. The next year, fifth place last, 25 back. The next year under Ricketts, fifth place last, 36 back. The next year, f- last, fifth place, 31 games back. The fifth year, 2014, fifth place last, 17 back. So the first five years of Ricketts, last place, last place, last place, last place, last place. 16 back, 25 back, 36 back, 31 back, 17 back. But the, that was the rebuild in order to get the players they got. Fine. In order to get Chris Bryant yeah. and in order to get Kyle Schwarber right. and, and you know, Albert Almora and all these guys. Right, planned tanking. I understand right. that. Uh-huh. But now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to pull back. Here's a here's an excerpt. We're going to have Ryan Davis on uh, with us uh, a little bit later from Forbes. <clears throat> Tom Ricketts said to season ticket holders in an email in October this year, last, last October, right? Following the Cubs' wild card loss to the Rockies, Tom Ricketts sent an email to season ticket holders, quote, Unfortunately, a thrilling summer at Wrigley Field gave way to a disappointing October. I wonder who wrote this for him. Peter, maybe Chase, whoever. Unfortunately, a thrilling summer at Wrigley Field gave way to a disappointing October. Very true. Falling one game short in the National League Central and making an early postseason exit. While both unfamiliar and uncomfortable, it will motivate us. All right. You ready? Now, here's the, here's the wind-up end of okay. pitch. Here's the next sentence. We will, this is Ricketts in October. We will spend the winter working hard. Yeah, he didn't say spend the money. No, no, spend the winter. Right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> oh, good one. I'm sorry. <laughs> we will spend the winter working hard to give Joe Madden and our team the support they need to reclaim our division. Never said anything about money. <laughs> but how do you, of course, how do you read that, though? Between, Let's read between the yeah. lines. EO11, jump in with Fred. You're a season ticket holder. You're thinking that support means money. What does this mean? Tom Ricketts says to season ticket holders in an email in October, we will spend the winter working hard. I'm sure they are. To give Joe Madden and our team the support they need to reclaim our division. They got him David Descalso. That's the support. And he's an okay ball player. He's a step up from, uh, what's his name, uh, the pinch hitter that Jesse loves. No, Tommy LaStella. I forgot his name already. <laughs> he's a step up. So there's an improvement, right? Yeah, I just I find that is a very general statement that you probably hear from an owner and GM every year. Mm-hmm. We'll do what we can. We'll work as an organization to get better. I just find that as a vanilla, milk toast mm-hmm. kind of message to your season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. Epstein arrived as president of operations, this is Forbes, in 2012. Uh, since then, the Cubs' payroll has averaged number 11 among all teams in baseball. This includes the 2014 season where they paid $89 million and ranked 22nd behind the Oakland A's. 
So it's not like they've been spending drunken sailor no, style. No, 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 they didn't. Now they got all these reasons, you know, why there's no money. Okay, they're valid. I understand that. But they, Rick, it's finished fifth place, five years, last place, five years in a row. Now, okay. The, the strangest thing. Whatever. And, and, yeah, he was, I thought he was great on the air yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Theo Epstein, and uh, with Waddle and Sylvie. You can hear the whole interview on the Waddle and Sylvie podcast. But there's two things he said. I think he said it with Waddle and Sylvie, but I know he said it last night, too. He said they have not been spending the money, but they've been working harder than ever this off season. And I'm saying to myself, you haven't done anything. How have you been working harder than ever? They're slick politicians. Harder than ever getting Daniel Descalso. They're glib. A couple of a couple of pitchers that he picked up that are both coming off Tommy John surgery. They, they've got the golden tongue. What have you? I, I would love to have known what he has done. He said we've worked so hard in the off season. They've Doing told what? They've told Cub fans after five years of finishing last, we're not there anymore. Now there's no money again. Oh, but they're third place in in payroll, Murph. They also no one ever mentions this. They have the highest average ticket price in baseball. Just for the record, I'll tell you. You know who's the good talking guy? Is that? Oh, that Theo can talk, man. You know what? You listen to him. You, He's a Yaley. Oh, you listen to him, and uh, tomorrow is gone. He's something. He doesn't talk about the 29th farm. Remember the windows and waves, the waves of play? Okay, yeah. fine. I, I expected a more legitimate chance for a second trip to the World Series. Here's Forbes. Forbes says, why haven't the Cubs been spending on par with the financial status compared to their contemporaries? Why are they forcing their front office this year to sit out after promising otherwise a season ticket holders just months ago? <laughs> Listen to this. It's a true mystery if you aren't willing to jump to the simple conclusion that billionaires, they just like keeping their money. All right. That's never considered. They didn't become billionaires because they like to spend money. No. I'll tell you that. Do you think this guy's planning to sell the team? No one ever mentions that. We'll talk about that between now and noon. Sell the team? Tom Ricketts? Just throwing it out. Back in a flash, Jesse's going to call in, Fergie's going to call in, Forbes uh, Magazine's going to call in, phone lines are jumping. Wait till Jesse. 3776. Wait till Jesse joins us. Joe Madden talking about uh, today at one of the uh, panels in the sessions about uh, not having a leadoff man. Of course, that question came up, and wait till Jesse joins us. Some interesting comments. Oh, they got a lot of leadoff men, but none none of them can bat leadoff, though. Yeah. They, They got Zobrist. They, you they, got they have the best leadoff man in the world. They got El Mora. They have the best leadoff man in the world. Just ask him. Anthony Rizzo. I'm best, telling you. Best leadoff man in the world. How about this? Remember Reverend Watkins? Half kidding. Remember Reverend Watkins? Uh-huh. The Cubs don't have to get better. The other teams get a little bit worse. That, that was many years ago. Now you know it's, the, it's a bizarro flip. Yeah, the problem is that ain't happening in this division. Well, now it's the Cubs aren't getting better, and the other teams are all getting a little bit better. Yep. Back in a flash, Murph and Freddie has been 1,000. Sweet talking. One, two, three, four. It's Murph and Fred. Let's get right to the phones. 
the Cubs Day. Sox next week, Fred. We've got to line up some great guests for... Uh... Ah, you don't need guests. You got me. I'll be there on Friday yes, night. Yes, we do. I'll tell you everything that happens. <laughs> Let's go to Richton Park. Uh, LJ, good morning. LJ, what's up? Hang on, LJ. LJ's yapping with someone else. All right. Uh, Brian, Milwaukee. Hey, Brian. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Brian. Hey, Brian, go, buddy. Hey, I used to listen to you guys way years ago when you were on in the morning together. Uh, Thank you. I just, I, I'm from Milwaukee, but I follow the Cubs. I just, I'm not a real big baseball fan, but I just got another angle from this. Yeah. Uh, I actually work in the car business for uh, a car dealership. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing you guys are forgetting about, that Tom Ricketts, that's all his old man's money. And I work for a guy right now that's like 63 years old, and he's a 10-year-old when his old man comes around because... His old man gave him the money to buy that team, and his old man's like, okay, now I need to start getting paid back all this money you owed me. Thanks, Brian. Good call uh, up against the clock. Joe Ricketts uh, was owner and founder of TD Ameritrade, uh, the big online stock brokerage way ahead of its time, fabulously uh, 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 a smart man. He loaned $450 million uh, to his son and the uh, children. Uh, and they went to Mellon Bank for the other uh, about $400 million. Uh, so he bought the team for $850 million. Uh, he borrowed the $850 million, basically, which was against MLB rules. But they uh, bent the rules. It was a surprise uh, because he didn't have enough equity or capital. Uh, it was all uh, borrowed money. Uh-huh. Uh, the team's probably worth about $3 billion now. He put money in, obviously, to the uh, rehabbing, uh, the retrofitting. So say he's uh, the borrowed the 850, he probably put another 850, they sort of estimate, into the uh, Wrigleyville and the ballpark itself. That brings you up to about roughly, you know, uh, $1.5 give or take, maybe a little more. You could probably sell the team for $3 billion, which would be a profit. They double his money in 10 years from $1.5 billion, sell the team for $3 billion. Then he can pay off the people he owes. Well, he'd, he'd walk away with the 1.5. Oh, okay. Yeah, he'd pay off the 1.5. Yeah. He'd sell it for $3 billion. Then he and the uh, three siblings, uh, they'd each get, what, about $400 million profit. Uh, so I don't know. Then no one ever talks about, is he going to sell the team? But this whole thing, I, I don't like it. Cub fans went through five years of garbage with him, and now all of a sudden, uh, all the uh, inherent promises, uh, you know, when the money's needed, we're going to spend it. Okay, now it's needed. Maybe it's not needed. We'll find uh-huh. out. Uh, one hour gone, two hours to go. Lots more to cover. Everyone on hold will get back to you. Jesse, Fergie, Forbes, All Calling Magazine, all calling in from the Cub Convention. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Back in a flash. Be safe. ESPN 1000. You are listening to ESPN 1000. WMVP Chicago. Welcome back. Martha and Fred, 9 till noon. Most all Saturdays. Today for sure. Going to be hearing uh, got people lined up going to be calling us from the Sheraton Hotel, the Cubs convention site, Jesse Fergie and Forbes Magazine. Uh, first, however, Fred... Uh, Hey, let's bring in EO11. What do you say, Eric? 
Let's get a handle here on what the fans are saying on the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. You've had over an hour to vote now. So let's start number one. Cup fans, multiple choice. Tom Ricketts has closed the checkbook. A, B, C, or D. Makes me mad. That's my vote. B, everyone's got a budget. Murph, come on. C, chill out, relax. I haven't heard you R-E-L-A-X much lately in the morning. No. Has Cap said that? Uh-uh. That's cool. I like it when he says that. Uh, chill out. He won the World Series. Or D, just because uh, Ricketts has closed a checkbook doesn't mean that Theo cannot fix things anyway. Huh. He doesn't need money to fix all the possible uh, holes and problems. And maybe there are no holes and no problems. What the fans? Did, did you vote on that, Fred? Or did you because it says Cubs fans? Uh, did you? Yeah, I think I voted. Uh, All right. On the, what was the second one? Uh, everyone has a budget. Yeah. Okay. I, I voted that. Let's bring it. Bring us home from the bottom up this time for change, uh, Eric. Who? What came in last? In last place with only fourteen percent is Chill. He won the World Series. Well, hold on now. See, that's interesting. Now, you know, anyone can vote. But we did ask, because uh, the next question was for Sox fans. Right. And, you know, I, we, we can't uh, stop, uh, you know, cross-pollination. I understand that. But Cub fans, the lo- uh, uh, Ricketts has closed the checkbook. Relax. He won the World Series. I'm stunned. I thought that might be the, I thought that could be the winner. Did you? No. Yeah. But no, that nope. came in last you win place. One, you want more. Yep, so last place, 14%. That uh, third place is mm-hmm. 18% is Theo will fix things. Hold on now. The man that walked down the water? The Teflon man? I remember that picture. The, is the rose... Uh, Back I'm in the sorry, Times. The bloom, I want to say, is the rose coming off the bloom? Is the bloom coming off the rose? Theo... Hmm. Theo will fix things is not uh, popular either. Okay. Okay. All right, runner-up with 29% is Makes You Mad. Okay. Which leaves 39% left for Everyone Has a Budget. So people are giving him a little bit of leeway. Ricketts. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You didn't ask any of your questions about who's to blame for all this. Yeah. Ricketts, Theo, or... I don't like doing that. Actually, it would just be those two. I don't like doing that. I used to do that. That's 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 too easy. Yeah, you know. The, the, but this is the thinking man show we try to do here. Who's to blame? Oh, we know who's to blame. Well, maybe not. The guy that hasn't developed anybody other than the four uh, first round draft picks. There are, there are some people who are upset. Well, not, apparently not a lot. That um, <laughs> that the checkbook is closed, mm-hmm. right? You know? That could go down. People probably have a view on like it could be Theo because he hasn't developed talent. It could be the players because they haven't developed. It could be Madden because he hasn't developed the players. Or it could be Ricketts because he's not willing to go out and get the players. So I could see how people could sway different directions. Eric, you ever hear the punchline to the old uh, the, "We all put the yeast in"? You've never heard that no, one. Have you? I have not. All right, Fred. It's a three stooges. Now, this thing. goes back, yep. but it doesn't mean it's not still good. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was They're an episode. Beer. There used to be some comedians. They were sort of knuckleheads. You know, they're, they're... I'm aware of who the three students okay, are. Well, there you go. Yes, Larry Moe and Curly. Oh, there and you go. Shemp, if you want. Uh, and oh, very good. Shemp, who one year was voted as the ugliest man in Hollywood. Good for him. Did you know <laughs> Moe, well-deserved. Moe and Curly and Shemp were all brothers. They all grew up. Can you imagine them? Like when they're kids, you know, oh, around, the, uh, imagine being, <laughs> around the breakfast table <laughs> there in New York City. <laughs> 
So they were trying to make, uh, during bootleg uh, prohibition, they were making their own uh, beer. Because people make their own wine and now beer. Now everybody makes their own beer. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But it was illegal. Right. So they'd make it in, in the bathtub, you know, gin. and they'd, they'd be, So they were all making the beer. And uh, they're putting the ingredients in. And Larry goes, okay, then I'll put the yeast in. And then the Curly's reading it. Oh, I better put the yeast in. And Moe's reading it. Okay. But, well, all of a sudden, it's bubbling, bubbling. It's taking over like the whole house. Because they uh, they go, wait a minute. What happened here? And Moe goes, I put the yeast in. And then Larry goes, no, 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 no. I put the yeast in. Curly goes. No, 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 no. I put the yeast. And then they come out of character. They break the wall and they all look at the camera. We all put the yeast in. Okay. Yep. Point is. Is everyone's to blame. They've all put the yeast right. in. I got it. I never thought we'd get to the end of that. No, I got you? it. It made sense to me. Yeah. Now we got to find that clip. No, 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 no. We've already done enough. Uh, number two. Oh, not for today. It always comes up I mean, when they all put the yeast in. I tell you. See, to me, Ricketts is punishing the Cub fans because of all the bad signings, all the free agent disasters from Edwin Jackson. Remember that? Sure do. Edwin Jackson. Yep. That was 13, uh, 13 times four. And uh, the right fielder. Eric, the current right fielder? Eric, you want to take a guess? How many, not to stump you, I had to look this up. How many years do you think uh, Jason Hayward has remaining? Uh, so he got six years, seven, oh, six years. No, 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 five, <laughs> only five. <laughs> only five. I knew you were going high because you were giving me a number, so I was going yeah. big. How's 22 times five uh, sound, okay? Well, great if you're making it. Great if you're him. Yeah. But he's a glue guy, Murph. Don't forget the rain speech. You know, and he's got the fan sniffing it's, it's glue. Like gum, it's like gum on your shoe. Yeah, it's that glue. Yeah, uh-huh. can't get rid of it. How about that? If I hear one more person... That was that uh, fiction writer, Heyman. Remember him about a week or two ago? He does the whole thing. Oh, yeah, the Cubs are the front runners now for Harper. And then he goes, comma. Oh, you know, if they can, if they can trade Jason Hayward. Yeah, they can find someone to take Jason, Jason Hayward off their hands. Well, what kind of fiction does this guy write? And then he throws that disclaimer in there, which he knows he can't get. If I hear one Listen, more person. If Theo, get, if Theo could move you can't. Jason Hayward, yeah. he would be a genius again. You can't do it. No. No. You'd have to eat. At least half, no, if not more. Uh, no general... You know, here's how you determine how much you got to uh, eat. When you, so Jason Hayward, if he were a free agent right now... Eric, let be good at this. If Jason Hayward were a free agent right now, and you're uh, the Brian Sabian and uh, what's his name, the Dodger guys now at the Giants, and you say, you know, we need a right fielder. What would you offer if he were a free agent right now, Jason Hayward? One year, five years, ten years, five million, fifty million. We're roughly. We're, there's no right or wrong answer. You know. What would My go? first thought, I'd say three years for about eight to ten a year. All right, something like that seems about what his worth would be. Boy, I was going two for twelve. Yeah, so and that's even less. Now, if you're the GM, you get more you, than that. You would not pay him, in my opinion. And there's no right or wrong answer. If he were a free agent right now. I'd say, you know what? We'll give you two years at uh, $8 million a year. Well, I was saying two for 12 total. Okay, so you're so going $6 million six times year. two. Yeah. Whatever. It's somewhere in there between Eric and, and uh, these numbers. His point numbers is, don't show it. Point he's is, worth is any of if you're the Giants and you call Theo and you say, you know what? We would be interested in taking uh, Hayward. Oh, yeah. 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 Here's what we'll do. We're only going to pay two years of it. And we're only going to pay about uh, $8 million a year. 
Well, he's got $22 million this year, so that means you pay the rest, I feel. He's got $22 million next year. We'll pay eight. You pay the rest. And then you pay all of 22, 22, and 22. And we'll throw in a double-A uh, catcher that we got kicking around at uh, number 32 on Baseball America. Here's a little game, Fred, real quick, before we get back to the White Sox. Uh... Oh, oh, tell you what. You know, let me give us the number two. Sox fans, you'd like your manager in 2020 uh, to be Rick Renteria. Joe Girardi. I heard a lot of Joe Girardi chatter this week, too. Yeah. Uh, Joe Madden for the White Sox in 2020. Or one of the minor league guys, uh, you know, the AAA manager, AA managers, guys like Mark Grudzelanek and uh, Omar Vizquel. Give me the winner. What do Sox fans say for 2020? 47% of the voters said Joe Girardi is the manager they'd prefer in 2020. Fred, was that a grunt or a groan? That was a grunt. Okay. Yeah. Joe Girardi. A little of him, I have a feeling, goes a long way. And you get a little... a little antsy with him, a little tired of him after a while. He's fine. He does some uh, weird things. I he, know. He's one of the guys that wants to uh, wants to get rid of the shift and he's also a lot of con- other things. He also wants control. Yeah. He wants control. I don't if, blame him. I would, too. No, no. But, I mean, yeah. Rick Hahn, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. See, I'm telling you what I want to do. Plus, he wants huge dough. Yeah. Which, those days might yeah. be over. Yeah. For I mean, managers, for, managers, for a yeah. lot of managers, yeah. Exactly. When you can take a first and second year guy, mm-hmm. and you be, you take Alex Cora and you win the World Series. Mm-hmm. You take Aaron Boone out of the broadcast booth, mm-hmm. and you have a pretty good year with the Yankees. I mean, it's all going back to what I've said for years. So who did you vote I for, Fred? don't mean anything. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say Ricky Renteria. Okay, cool. I'd say keep him. All right. Yeah. Uh, we had this uh, next Twitter poll question uh, on the board for, uh, well, before we even went on the air. So it's been on about two hours. Cubs fans, multiple choice. Who have you lost confidence in? Tom Ricketts, Theo Epstein, Joe Madden. I still love them all, Murph. All right. Which way should we go here? Top down or bottom up? Just- all right, Murph. I got an mission to make. Uh-oh. Looking at my typing here. Uh-oh. I typed in for the poll, who do you have the most confidence in? Okay, that's now, fine. Who we'll you just... lost the okay. most. <laughs> so that's an upside down poll. We call it a typo. <laughs> Except no one most types anymore. The of, of who the fans have well, the most we, confidence we re- in? We reverse it then. Right. Who do you have the most confidence in? 57% say Theo. Oh the least God. amount of confidence is only 4% sure. in Tom Ricketts. Really? Yes. They've lost confidence in Tom Ricketts. Yes. Interesting. And Joe's in the middle somewhere? Joe is in third with only 8%, so not much above Ricketts either. Okay. Other than, uh, so someone's got to correct, someone, you, you can get to me on Twitter at Fred underscore Hubner, but someone's got to explain to me the, the, the love for Theo, and I know it could be half the guys on our station because they say he's the best GM ever. Teflon, but, man. But other than the four first-round picks. Nothing. And signing John Lester, what... I don't understand what makes him so good. I don't understand what. I don't understand the the charm. I don't understand what it was. You, we're really bad, so we're going to draft guys in the first round. That's difficult, isn't it? When you have the fir, you know <laughs> picks in the first top five, hey. they they did say right off the bat, and no one should be surprised. And I know Murph, you're not. Um, they said we're going to concentrate on hitters 
and we'll buy the pitching when we need it. Well, you look at their pitching staff. They bought you, Darvish. They bought Cole Hamels. They bought John Lester. Kyle Hendricks was in a trade, and they traded for Quintana. And all of that, we shouldn't be surprised. Because they told you we weren't going to develop pitching. We're going to buy pitching. They've and developed they did what no they said. pitching. They did what they said. They said we're going to concentrate on hitting. You did. You got four first-round picks. Yeah, nobody else. Nobody else. And Almora. Oh, we got a, David Bodie. Almora was a bad uh, class, 2012. There yeah. wasn't much in there. And, you know, I don't even know if many of the first-round, second-round guys made the big leagues. So, I mean, it wasn't much. Uh, the Bryant fell into their lap, which is fine. They didn't screw it up and right. pass on him. They, they moved up and got Schwarber. The There's still people that don't, don't don't know why. I mean, and and Schwarber, you need him to you know develop still more. Um, he had 26 homers last year. You know how many homers he hit off lefties? What none? One. You were yeah. yeah. One. He had one homer off a right. lefty last year. That's probably not totally uncommon uh, for a lot of lefties. But 26 I mean, and one. It's, well, I'm, I'm sure there's others in the two, three, four range, yeah. but it's not good. No. It's no good. No, but not hitters who are expected to be power bats in your lineup. Who's right. supposed to be this lefty power bat? That's that not be, coming. There's probably 20, some 25 home run left-handed hitters that are less than, fewer than five, but... There might be, yeah. You only, remember, one thing is that you only face a lefty every four at-bats. Yeah. Or five at-bats. Because uh, there's usually one left-hand starter, there, uh, you know. Right. And there weren't many in the National League Central last year. Sure. That's true. Speaking I of the like National League Central. It's National League Central. Pretty darn good. Do we have time to do this? National League Central. See, Reverend Watkins used to say the Cubs don't have to, when they were bad, bad. Yeah. They don't have to get better. The other teams get worse. That was a joke. Now it's the other way around. All these teams are going to, let me tell you something. Guys on their walk year usually do pretty well. Not always. The guys on their walk year. The last year, the Cardinals have Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna, who had some shoulder cleanup surgery. They're both on their last year with the Cardinals. But here, Cincinnati, Puig and Kemp. Not both over the hill, Murph. They might be. You got your corner outfielders. Kemp was one of the reasons the Dodgers had such a great year last year. And Puig. I like Puig. A lot of people don't. See, Puig settled down the last few years. He's got. He had no choice. Otherwise, he would have been out of baseball. Probably. He's, he's not the wild pony. Is he there was. some stuff in the big chair about uh, uh, Yasiel Puig? I, I, I think, for libel uh, suit reasons, no. <laughs> okay. But Cincinnati. Here's some of their hitting. They can mash. They can rake, they as can, they like to say. I hate that word. They can mash. They, they can rake. All right. So the Cardinals, not the Brewers. There's rumors they're going after Madison Bumgarner. He's only 29. Yep. He's had some arm trouble, I understand. Jimmy Nelson coming back. Look out for the Brewers if they do that. Yep. Uh, the Cardinals. They also got the lefty, the Cardinal Miller. The, Miller. And the bullpen along with Goldie. Yep. But listen, no one talks about the Reds. These guys can mash. Puig, Kemp, Vado, Scooter, Jeanette, Suarez at third, Peraz at short. Winkler's in the outfield, another hammer. Now listen to this. They got a third baseman, can't miss hotshot triple A third yep. baseman that everybody wants. Guess Benzel. who yep. guess who wants him? The Padres want him, and they'll flip uh some minor leaguers to the Indians. And you know what the Reds would get back? Only the fifth best pitcher in baseball, Corey Kluber. Uh-huh. They're also talking with the uh, Yankees, the Reds, about Sonny Gray. 
you know, th- for a starter. They picked up uh, Alex Wood from the Dodgers. Yep. He's, uh, he's good. Uh, and Tanner Rourke. Good Wood. That Tanner works. you know, he's a fifth starter. Yep. Point is, everyone's getting better. better. There's no doubt. Uh, let's bring in, uh, is that uh, Franklin Park? Julio! Hey, guys. You guys are like my uncles. I listen to you guys every Saturday morning. So I wanted to comment on this whole Joe Girardi going to the south side. Sure. I feel like we're just facing the name at this point. It's like it's like saying, like, let's bring Carmelo Anthony to the Bulls. I feel like we're all living in the past. And the thing with Rick Renteria, too, is that he can speak Spanish. And you kind of need that. You need that camaraderie. You need that connection. You need to be able to have that ability to communicate to players what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right. I'm a Cubs fan, but I still would like to see the South Side become successful within the next couple of years, and I just don't think Joe Girardi is the answer. Hey, Julio, you raise a great point. Let me ask you, and, uh, and Espanol, pretend, that, uh, <laughs> pretend Ricky Renteria, he just saw a Mancato, uh, uh, Mancata? I was, Mancata, not run out the ball again, all right? Remember when he benched him? Okay, yeah, now, I remember that. Now, I don't want to hit the dump button. Keep it clean. In Espanol, what do you say if you're Ricky Renteria? Because you said he can speak Spanish. What would he probably say when they dog it down the line? I would say ojos abiertos, which means keep your eyes open. Okay. There keep you your eyes open because you're going to be on the bench. Maybe you can learn something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank oh. you for taking my call, guys. Thanks, Julio. Really, we appreciate it. Thank you, you know, buddy. And, and, and some people may not think that means that much, but with the White Sox team, it means a lot. When you look at the White Sox roster, mm-hmm. the number of Hispanic and Latin players that they have, it, it's, 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 it's crazy. And the number of the, that they have. And in their locker room, I know people that cover this team, and it's not always easy because there are a lot of players, a lot of Latin and you know Hispanic players who you don't always are aren't always able to grab and talk to. Omar Vizquel on the show, on the futures yep. list, right? Yep. Okay. So you mentioned the Cubs starting pitchers uh, a minute ago, Fred. Yeah. And of course, everything zeroes back to. When you don't develop one pitcher in seven years with the great Jason McLeod as the Cubs director of scouting. I forgot Tyler Chatwood would have mentioned him. You have to acquire pitching. Yeah. And pay for it, not just with talent, with players. Free, you got to pay money. This is a little fun little... I, I, I jotted down the payroll for Theo's starting pitching right now. The Cubs have... Probably the best starting pitching in baseball. Well, they really do. You starting five, and they have six. Well, based on the and this is Bill good, James. But... We went through this yesterday, yeah. uh, last Saturday, and a little bit earlier today. The Cubs have four of the top thirty starting pitchers in the game, uh, which uh, appears to be the best. Uh, so the starting pitching is dynamite. But how much does it cost, Lester? 27.5. It's all worth it. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Lester, but here's here's what happens when you don't have any pitching. You don't have any cheap pitching because you don't have any first, second year guys coming up at a discount. Lester, 27.5 million. Quintana, 10.5 million. Hamels, 20 million. Hendricks, 7.5 million. Now, all those guys are in the top 30. In fact, they're all in the top 25. Chatwood, $13 million, and Darvish, $20 million. It adds up to almost $100 million. Almost one-half of your payroll 
is your six starting pitchers. Yeah. And one of them you don't want to be on the mound ever. Which handcuffs you for Harper. See, it's all dominoes. Don't get me wrong. This is a dynamite pitching staff that Theo has put together. Maybe the best starting pitching staff in baseball. And without a doubt it is, if Darvish were to come back anywhere near, anywhere near where he had been. You can't tie up. Maybe other teams do. Maybe I guess, wrong. Murph, it comes to this. Would you rather have the best rotation in MLB or Bryce Harper? What would you rather pay well, for? Because no, you no. can only pay for one realistically. Well, but that's not. You're right, Eric. But if two of the starting pitchers were first and second year guys from your own system, they'd be making five hundred grand, seven hundred grand. Then you would have an extra twenty five million laying around. I'm not arguing with you. You're exactly right. By not being able to develop a starting pitcher, then the payroll balloons. That's all I'm Plus, saying. Plus, I don't know why you guys I'd think... I'd rather have what you just said, of course. I don't know why you think Bryce Harper... Where would he play? You've already got... Uh, you've already got, uh, you know, Jason Hayward in... Uh, you'd, have to right. move, you'd have to move Hayward to left field and trade Schwarber. Yeah. Or move Hayward to center he and move Almora. In my opinion, he's, he's losing speed in right and center. To me... In another year or two, he's a left fielder. Well, yeah, I don't think they're ever going. I said this last night when I was out with Chris Black. I listened. It was a great show. I don't think that they're ever going to trade Kyle Schwarber, and I know Cub fans are happy about that, and that's fine. I just think of all of the the things they do have. He's one of the guys you can move uh, and get something back for him. Even though I said he has only one homer off lefties, he's still a guy, when he had 30 homers two years ago and 26 last year, he's still a guy that can hit the long ball, and people are still looking for guys to hit the long ball. See, the problem, you're right. Had they signed Harper, you see, there's no one, they, they can't trade anybody. Theo can't trade anybody right now because he's got no one to replace him with from the farm system. Had he signed a Harper, then he could have traded Schwarber, because you got Hayward and left, and then maybe you get a couple young pitchers, prospects, up and coming, for or some bullpen guys. Right. But now he's handcuffed. Speaking of Schwarber, uh, he would miss a little, miss a lot. He was on ESPN 1000 earlier this week. Uh, I think he was on. Was he on with Waddle and uh, Silva? Yes, he was. This is a great. It was a great job by the fellas. Schwarber, and this was sort of lost in the shuffle, talks about, well, I'll let him talk, how it got sort of analytical last year. Does that mean hitting? Like, they make, was he thinking too much? There's times in the game where, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the game gets very analytical. And uh, sometimes, you know, analytical things are great. But then, too, you also got to be able to, uh, you know, just be simple, you know, be like Bam Bam. You know, just, just go out there, see the ball, hit the ball. Be like Bam Bam. Is he going third person on us here? <laughs> going out to Flintstones. Second time we mentioned well, that's what they call him. Yeah, they call him Bam Bam. Bam no, Bam Jesse the ball. refers to him that way quite a bit. Bam Bam the ball, see ball, hit ball. He said, sometimes it gets too analytical. Now, yeah. he didn't say exactly. They're giving me so much stuff. Video, scouting reports. I, I'm just reading between his lines. I could be wrong. I get up there and I'm thinking so much. 
because I'm thinking, they're showing me the video. Here's what he's going to throw you. If it's if you're ahead in the count, two balls, no strikes, he's going to throw you a slider down and in. If you're behind in the count, he's going to throw you high heat. Oh, be but thinking, the pitcher knows. Thinking. But the pitcher knows that you know that. So then he <laughs> may tri- he may trick you. I know that you know that I know. Exactly. Back in the flash, we got guys going to be calling in soon from the Cubs convention. Sox next week. Jesse Rogers, Fergie Jenkins, and the uh, sports uh, financial guy over at Forbes Magazine with a scathing piece. We'll be back. It's Murph and Fred. It's ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. The little guy's going to call us. Let's go out to the Sheridan Hotel. He's running around over at the Cubs convention, but he's not out of breath. He says, I got some time for Murph and Fred. Jesse! Hey, Jesse! Jesse Rogers, baseball expert at ESPN 1000, runs around with the Cubs. Jesse, it's Murph and Fred. How are you today, sir? Great, great, great uh, start to the day. Uh, Theo is speaking to fans right now, doing it solo, by the way. Uh, Usually this is a front office panel. You know, the assistant GMs are up there and everything else. Not this year. Theo really, um, he even told me last night, he wants to face the music. He'll stay as long as uh, the fans want. I give him a lot of credit. Uh, he learned, uh, Murph, you know, from Kevin Towers, his mentor back in the day. He even said, you know, described it uh, today. We told the story that Kevin said to him, in tougher times, you need to be more available. You can hide when things are going well, but you can't hide when things aren't. And that's a, you know, juxtapose that against what ownership is doing here, not not doing the fan for mm-hmm. him. And you got to give you got to give Theo a lot of credit. He's up there by himself with Len Casper as the MC, and he's taking every single question they actually have not been very hard questions so far he's got another half hour 45 minutes to go but i do give him credit for facing the music or or at least accepting the the you know the job to face the music well ju- uh, juxtapose you don't use that word again anymore okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know you got to go look it up but it's, it's the right word to use here consider yeah. what ownership is doing now they claim that they canceled mm-hmm. the ownership forum months and months ago I don't know, whatever. The point is this. They knew months and months ago they were in the middle of a, 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 a tough situation with Addison Russell, and they should not have canceled it, you even know, if it was months and months ago. Jess, I don't want to be insensitive, but nobody gives a rat's, again, Rudy Tootie, about hearing from anybody from the family except Tom Ricketts. In fact, we have yeah. to hold that yeah. thought, Jesse. Hold that thought. for. Uh, let's bring in EO11. And, Jesse, I know you're on a short fuse. We'll just keep you a few minutes. You're busy working. We appreciate you calling in. Twitter poll, uh was uh, number nine. Why did Tom Ricketts duck duck the fans? Q&A at Cubs Fest. You could vote A, Addison Russell talk, B, uh, Bryce Harper talk, C, we have no money talk, or D, like he said, the fans, oh, they're not really interested. Well, how'd the vote come out there, E.O.? Um, well, like the most popular one is 47% say that he doesn't want to talk about not having money. So okay. there's no money talk. All right. Oh, that's obviously it. And, uh, 
to me, he made two, that's a big mistake not to uh, come out there and talk. But he can, he's the owner, he can do what he wants. But Jesse, uh, like, you know, he was there walking around the ballpark when they finished fifth place five years in a row. And uh, then it was easy because we're rebuilding. How about that? Five years in a row, Tom Ricketts finished last place, last place, last place, fifth place, last place, last place. And now he doesn't want to be there. I, I think there was a big tactical mistake but he can do whatever he wants but the bottom line jesse i'm really upset i wasn't this mad i told fred uh, until the last two days when you know now they're all up there and they're all giving you their uh, their line they're different they're slick talkers that's cool but the bottom line is if indeed tom ricketts had to slam shut that checkbook if it's because he's tired of paying uh you know for uh, free agents that don't pan out what he's doing is he's punishing the fans he always he said the first five years when there's money, we'll have it. He sent out the email to the season ticket holders in October. He never said money, but he said we're going to do all, everything we can, you know, to improve the team. I'm very disappointed in this guy, Ricketts, because all of a sudden now he's saying, hey, all you great Cub fans, Theo's going to try to fix it on their own. That's just me. I thought it was a wrong time. He's got salaries are going to uh, decelerate uh, the next two years. Lots coming off the books. He couldn't do it one year for a free agent that's just me what's the overall mood of the fans uh is it the same as every year or is it a little more tempered i'd say a little more tempered a little bit more not a lot not a lot a little bit i mean i think you know mm-hmm. fans do appreciate four straight playoff seasons sure. i don't disagree with anything you said in fact i, I this idea that that uh, theo has failed in free agency first of all let's go through the names john lester david ross ben zobris there's enough successes there the nature of free agency, the nature of it, you're not going to go 8-0 when you sign eight guys. It's just not going to happen. They get signed at 30, 31 years old, most of them, and there's so many reasons why, why you know, the, the performance might go down. He's 3-3 three and three or 4-3, and three, whatever the number is, because obviously so far Darvish and Chatwood haven't worked out, and those are at least incomplete. So this idea that you're going to go perfect in free agency, I'll defend Theo on that, but that, and, and that in, in which case I will criticize Ricketts, if if that's why he has turned off the uh, the money money uh, flow, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't be perfect. You can't. And some years, and this is what I've said since November fifth. Some years you need to be number one in payroll if you're going to be in a big market and contend. And this would have been one of those years, but that's not going to yeah, be the case. I, I don't think we disagree with you. Uh, but the main thing that we've been talking about today, and, and Fred uh, uh, has been here for the whole time, so he, he's been jumping in with me, and we'll talk White Sox next week, Sox convention. But his inability, and Jason McLeod, seven years, the scouting yes. director, seven years they have not developed one pitcher of substance in the major leagues. And the domino effect meant this. They had to then, and they've got the best pitching, starting pitching right now in baseball, according to the Bill James handbook. He ranks everybody. Lester, Quintana, Hamels, and Hendricks, all in the top 25 starters, blows everybody else away. Chat with Darvish. But here's the problem, fellas. When you do not develop anything from the farm system, you have to pay $100 million, Jesse. Lester added up. Lester, 27. Quintana, 10. Hamels, 20. Chat with 13. 
19, Darvish 20, Hendricks 7.5, $98.5 million. You need one or two starting pitchers at 550 grand or, you know, $1 million in their second, third year. That's the problem which has forced all of this payroll, half your payrolls on the pitching staff. No doubt about Starting it. Starting Yeah, you want to draw a direct, direct line from no Bryce Harper to 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 that. Sure. I mean, that's the line. They're not developing. Not, but you just you just uh, uh, specified starting. It, it includes relievers. Mm-hmm. They're playing Brandon. They're playing Brandon uh. Kinsler five million. They're playing more. Paying more ten million. They're playing paying. Stro- they don't have any five hundred thousand relievers. I mean, yeah. they do the, the the up and down guys from from uh, from from Iowa, but, you know, an, uh, an established guy they can count on mm. at a cheap number. They don't even have that. So it's been a disaster developing pitchers, and it's affected the rest of the payroll, obviously. There were a lot of people talking. I know I saw uh, following a lot of tweets. Uh, Joe Madden talked with all of his coaches up there today. What were some of the harder questions that Joe Madden was uh, were posed to Joe? Well, the first one was, the very first one was, you know, basically accusing him of handling the Russell situation poorly. And, and and what he learned from it, and Joe did one of those half apologies. <laughs> you know how this works. Uh, I apologize if you misinterpreted my comment. So Joe didn't really uh, admit to any doing anything wrong. And later on, I think a kid, it's always great when the kids ask this, um, asked him if he would have done anything different uh, batting Pedro Stroke in that game in Washington. And he said no. He went through the reasons, and he said no. Uh, you know, it, just, it was one of those fluke moments. But uh, that was probably one of his worst managed games of his of his four years here. That game in Washington. So those were some of the tougher questions. And then, of course, just most of the questions or a lot of them were surrounding this new coaching staff. You know, I talked to Mark Loretta afterwards. He's the bench coach. He has a two year deal, so he has a longer deal than Joe Madden right now. And obviously, you know, if this was Mark DeRosa or David Ross taking the bench coach job, we'd be speculating about being him being the next manager. I mean, this, mm. it should apply to Mark Loretta sure. as well. He's qualified. I mean, if things work out as a coach, it's his first year in yeah. uniform as a coach. But he's got all sorts of experience from the front office, which is a almost a key element for for managers in waiting. They, you know, Brandon Hyde was in the front office a little bit. Um, Craig Council was in the front office a little bit. You have to learn the the analytics and everything. So, for all we know, Mark Loretta might be the manager a year from now. So, um, a lot of the, the the panel there was these new coaches and getting to know them and how Joe's going to integrate them and all that stuff. Yeah, it's always nice to train your replacement. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, be careful what they wish for, you know. They don't want Joe. That's fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I know. I, look, I'm a Joe guy. but I have, Who is it? I Me too. No, I had no problem with them waiting on the extension. I really didn't. It's a different era we live in, mm-hmm. and... I mean, I think it's absurd if he goes five for five making the playoffs that he doesn't have a he won't get an extension. I but I, but look, until he's not the manager, he is the manager. And if he if he doesn't deserve to go and they send him going, I'll be the first to criticize him. But you know, I, this is the way I said it, Murph. At the end of last year, they disappointed. Right? It was a disappointing finish. None of the. Chris Bryant didn't get the huge raise he normally would get through arbitration. None of those players did. So neither did Joe Madden. You know what I mean? I put them all in the same quest. Nobody got re- nobody should get rewarded after the end, the end of last season, and nobody really did. I mean, 
players got raises, but not what they could have gotten through the process. Last thing, Jesse, we'll spring you. Uh, glad that you're able to phone in. Uh, Ten-second soundbite here. Jed Hoyer on ESPN 1000 the other day, and uh, this got lost in the shuffle. They asked him, you know, what about the set lineup? Remember last year? Oh, Joe, got it. you go with the set lineup, man. And I believe back in October, uh, we heard that uh, one of the things, Joe, you know, I could be wrong. They said, you know, we're going to try to go more of a set lineup. But listen, here's Jed Hoyer. He's oppo man. You know, I have a very different opinion of, of, of this. I think the reason that we've been uh, as successful as we've been, and despite the disappointment, we did win 95 games last year. Um, I think a big part of it is depth and the fact that, you know, we can match up exceptionally well with the opposing starting pitcher. Uh, when a guy needs a day off, we don't play a guy that, that, that you know, should be in the minor leagues. We, we play a guy that should be starting for, you know, 20 other teams. All right. Stop the tape there, Eric. Thank you. Am, am I missing something, or wasn't the intimation back in October that uh, one of the things they'd maybe talk to Joe about, or uh, that's the way I read it, was more of a, a set lineup, or am I off on that? No, I think you're off, and I do, but, but not, but but not because you were, you know, thinking something else. I don't think they explained it well. Mm-hmm. Theo did in October. I think what Theo meant was we are going to communicate better about why you're not playing and why you are, all right. and all that stuff. I think I think they're going to rotate around, and I tend to agree with Jed. Look at the success they have yeah, had, absolutely. And, and the fail, and when a player fails, you know, a part-time player fails like Ian Happ, it, we notice it. But when they succeed, we don't really talk about it. And a lot of times they succeed because they've, they've run the numbers and the analytics and they've found the right matchups. Remember, I sat with Joe and I, I saw him using Ian Happ as an example. I saw him insert Ian Happ in the lineup for a specific reason. And Ian Happ homered that night against a certain pitcher. So there are failures. There are successes. I think you look at the ultimate results, which mm. is... You also know, Jesse, really quickly, is that when you sit some of these younger guys, they need to be out there playing every day. Some of the veterans, that you can do that with a Zobrist and maybe even a Hayward or guys like that. But sometimes when you sit these younger guys, it's tougher for them because yes, they've always been that, playing that each is, and every game. That, that, that is the negative part. There's not going to be a positive part to everything. That's the negative to the rotation, that they don't develop the same way. But if it helps the team win, you right. do it. So sure. it, 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 you're right, Fred. There's a give and take there, and it's the manager and the front office's job to figure out the right formula. And what we'll never know is they, the Cubs were five on September 3rd. I looked it up last night. They were five and a half games in front of both the Cardinals and Milwaukee. September 3rd, five and a half game lead on both of those. Not to say the 30 games in 30 days or that because that's another argument some other time. But the rest, the, the resting that Joe gave all those guys in April, May, June, July, it could have been worse. We don't know. They could have died even quicker had they not been more rested. That's something that, you know, there's no way to compute those numbers. Jesse, great no, job. Look, look, yeah. it, it, was, it, was a, it was a perfect storm. I yeah. mean, Milwaukee played out of its mind. They had the crazy schedule. The Cubs were already struggling offensively mm-hmm. before the 30 and 30. Um, you're right. I mean, and, and, and the thing is, and this is why I will never agree with, I think, even you, Murph, that this was one of Madden's better years. He manages for the second half to be, uh, you know, his team peaking, and it didn't happen. Mm. And that's why I can't give him all that credit. But it was a perfect storm of negative moments in September, and we'll see if it carries over or if they restart and they're the uh, Cubs of 15-16 again. If you say Fergie Jenkins, tell him to give us a call later in the show, okay? 
Absolutely. All right. He's my guy. There you, you go. Got it. Thanks. And Jesse, go back. Now go back to work. This didn't count. I'm going to try. This was a yeah. little break from your busy day. <laughs> See Thanks, buddy. Ooh, he's gone. <laughs> I got to get back. He wants to get back in here more hear, Theo. I got to hear what the sweet talking guy's saying over yeah. now. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Lots more Cubs talk coming up. Can't wait for uh, Fred next week. Can we do wall to wall socks? We'll try. We'll see how many guys, if nothing happens, and then we'll have a lot of talk about the, uh, nothing happening and all waiting. Vote now on our uh, Twitter poll questions. We'll see how you vote when we return at CSPN 1000. And let's bring in Eric Ostrowski, 11. Let's see what the Sox fans voted. On the focus group uh, this morning, Sox fans, who do you want? Multiple choice. Manny Macho, Bryce Harper. I want them both. I want neither. And uh, Fred, uh, I believe. Machado is all I want. Manny Macho? Yep. All right. Did the Sox fans agree with Fred? They nearly agreed with Fred. (laughs) All right. 31% of the voters voted for Manny Machado. 32% of the voters voted for both. No, both would be wonderful. But, yeah, both, I mean, is, both was the winner with 32%. Yeah. How many I mean, said I, neither? I'm sorry, but how many said neither? 23% said neither. 32 on both, 23 won neither, 31 won Manny Macho. That leaves not much for 14% Harper. 14% for Harper. Well, you got a bunch of outfielders coming up through the system. You really don't, quote-unquote, need them. No, you could always trade some of these but young you guys if you wanted to. Bingo, right. see? You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, you could trade a Louis, Bis- Louis Basabe yeah. or a Louis uh, yeah. Gonzalez or mm-hmm. one of these guys yeah, if you exactly. wanted to. And uh, so, you know, if you're going to, you've got the money. If you wanted to go get both of them. Now, I'm not against that. If you bring in both, that's fine. But don't just give me Harper. I, I'd rather not have Harper. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got a bunch of young guys coming up, so it'll be interesting. So, next Twitter poll wait. question, uh, Fred, was Sox fans, is Jerry Reinsdorf serious about winning the Manny Derby? Absolutely. Uh, only at uh, Jerry's uh, price. Or C. No, 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 no. He's just teasing everybody out there. Fred, that's sort of... I, I, I didn't word everything the way I probably wanted to, but how would you fall in uh, on Jerry, this? Only at Jerry's price. Yeah. Yeah. That's the obvious answer, I guess. Is that true, Eric? And uh, the voters agree. 52% of the voters voted only at his price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Okay. How many said he's just teasing, and how many said absolutely? Those were tied, actually, at 24% each for absolutely and no, just teasing. That's interesting. Is he serious? Absolutely. It's like and half no. a quarter just, and a quarter. Just playing with everybody. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Uh, we have time to take a quick call. Hey, Daytona Beach. Henry checking in next. Hey, Henry. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, Henry. What's hey, up? Good. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm not going to talk any Blackhawks hockey. I told Eric <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Uh but I heard an interview this week. Tom Rick is talking to Cap, and he was saying about uh, how it will take a lot for Sammy Sosa to be warm back, welcome back, and apology and admission and blah, blah, blah. But we're standing behind Addison Russell, you know, true or false, accusations, no matter what, he's our guy. What do you guys think about it's okay for Addison Russell to do this and that, but we need Sammy Sosa to get on one knee and, you know, apologize. I think it's up to personal. Sammy must have said, hey, Rick Gibbs, your mother wears army boots or something like that because I think it's personal. There's no reason Sammy shouldn't be welcome back. What do you guys think? I think you're ex- – Henry, we'll let you go cause only because you're up against the clock. Phone again. Good call. I think Henry's exactly right. 
something must have happened yes. unless unless Ricketts thinks it's going to be a bad PR thing. But everyone, I mean, a lot of not everyone. Never, I misspoke. A lot of people want Sammy. I'd say it's Back. about 50-50, yeah, I, I, yeah. actually. And, and and I just think there's so many people that think it would be you know, ridiculous. And listen, everybody, Barry Bonds was at the Warriors game. Everybody loves him. Uh, Mark McGuire's been back in baseball for years. Something happened. I mean, everybody said, well, he has to admit it. Just, just let I, him come back and wave to the crowd see, or something. I think it's just what he said. Yeah. Something happened. Like maybe what the first Cubs convention when Ricketts bought the team back in twenty eleven, and uh, Sammy said, "I'm not coming." Maybe I mean it had to be something. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll never know, know. We'll never know. Yeah, uh, more Cubs talk. Cubs convention got callers phoning in. Fergie said he'll give us a call. Forbes magazine's money man, sports guy, all that, much much more. Got some great sound bites from during the week. Miss a little, miss a lot. Murph and Fred back in a flash. ESPN one thousand. ESPN 1000, live from the first Midwest Bank Studios on State Street, WMVP Chicago. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Hour number three of a scheduled three-hour sports talk fest. Murph here, Fred there, and hope you're safe and okay out there. Listen, it's Chicago. I was around when they were like 20-some inches. This oh, is yeah. like eight, yeah. eight or nine. Yeah, spit in the ocean. Come on. That's grain of sand in the, in the Oak Street Beach. Suck it up. And, <laughs> and then you hear people, oh, I hate Chicago. It always snows. Yeah, it does that all the time. If you don't like it, you got to leave. And exactly. If a, if we never had a little of this, everybody would move here and it would be too crowded. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Uh-huh. You get you get rid of the, uh, of the riffraff this gotta way. got to be strong-willed. Yeah. Yeah, yep. get, get rid of the, uh, uh, yeah, I, I want this stuff. Yeah, my wife's got a little pin that she wears sometimes, oh, and yeah. it says, uh, 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 don't mess with me, I'm a tough chick from Cicero. So, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what, you, you gotta be tough. Yeah. Thick skin. It's a little bit of snow. Uh, Just be careful when you're driving. You gotta, you, you, you can't drive like a maniac like no? people usually do. I usually like to hit the brake real hard and spin the steering yeah, wheel. That's what they all like to do at okay. this time. The road should be pretty good. I'm looking at State <laughs> Street right now, and obviously, State, it is a great street. There's a lot of salt out there, so uh-huh. it, it looks fine. I'm more worried about slipping on the way to the car. Three three two three seven seven six. So, uh, <clears throat> someone was asking us earlier, one of the callers, oh, who's a leadoff hitter for the uh, Cubs, right? Uh-huh. And uh, so I was playing around here with the. Batting order, line up batting order, if you will. And, uh, you know, who could be the leadoff hitter? It would seem to me like Zobrist is uh, by default. That's who I would go with. I'd go with Ben Zobrist. He's got a good eye. Yeah. He can make contact. He can go the other way. He's a switch hitter. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, what else do you want? Well, a lot of speed, and the guy that's going to steal 60 bases, but. You don't want to yeah. put Baez number one. No. He's an RBI machine. Yeah, and he strikes out too much. You can't have him at uh, the leadoff spot. What, do you have 111 ribeyes or whatever last year? Yeah. You can't bat him number one. No. Bryant, they've tried that. Yeah. Schwarbs, they tried that. Yeah. I don't mind the Rizzo, actually. Yeah, but he's going to hit 30 homers. You want men on base. I know. I know. Elmo- Elmora, Murph. Elmora. Mm. 
You know what? See, I think Elmore is the guy that's been hurt the most by not playing yeah. regularly. Could be. And I'll, and I understand what Jesse was saying. And, uh, you know, I understand, you know, moving guys in and out. But young guys, I just don't. I think if Elmore was with another organization, mm-hmm. he'd be a much better ball player right now. Um, I don't mean if he went somewhere else now. I mean if he would have came up with another organization and they would have said, you're our starting center fielder, you're going out there 145 times a, a season, right. that he would be a better player than he is right now. He had a bad second half, but it could be like you're saying. Yeah. You know, he never got in the groove. In and, and out and in and out. No, you don't. You, and people, I was going to say, you don't know when you're playing. I know. I know Joe tells you a day or two before. You're going to play here. You're not going to play here. you got to get in a fine. groove. That, still got to be in a groove. Right, you got to be out there. Some of these young guys like Happ and Almora. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up I grew up in all the guys I hung around with. Every one of them was a baseball player. High school, college, a couple of their kids played minor league ball. Um you got to you, you can't sit. Baseball you want to get out there and play. You want to play all the time. Unless it's snowing. Right. Well then you know they like would play basketball. Like Lions Township High School we'd play in April. Oh, April is crazy. Yeah, some of the weather <laughs> that you played in, but you wanted to be out there playing the game mm-hmm. and uh I just think that some of these younger players, you know, I, I don't want to say Almore should have stayed in the minors for another year, but if you're going to still move him around back and forth, it's, he's never going to be the player he could have been. That's just my thoughts. So the lineup batting order for opening day, Cub fans, would appear to be this. Zobrist, Baez, Bryant. Rizzo, Contreras, Schwarber. Elmora, Hayward, pitcher. Let's go through that. Zobrist at second leads off. It's all right. He can't play every day. We've learned that at his age. No, not surprising. Fourth year of a four-year deal. But if you play him three out of every five days and match him up against a yeah. starting pitcher, he's going to be good as new the whole season. Sure. He had, he had a second or third best uh, year in his career last year. Yeah. But he can't play him every you know, day. He has, he's, he's a pro. He's got two yeah. strikes. He's going to hit the ball the other way. He's mm-hmm. going to hit it where it's pitched. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just a pro. So many guys in the Cubs and so many guys in baseball can learn from Ben Zobrist. So Zobrist is your second baseman leading off. Baez, slide him in the, second, in the two hole there. It's a little high, but... Well, I do too, but otherwise you got to see... It gets a little tricky. But then you become Joe and you go Bryant and uh, Rizzo. See, no, I agree with you. It's a little too high for yeah. him. Yeah. But do you want to put Bryant or Rizzo number two? No, but Joe might. Contreras or Schwarber number two? Uh, Elmora? Maybe. I don't know. So they don't have a one or a two hitter now, you're telling me? <laughs> well, Baez is uh, the de facto default number two. Okay. If that's your idea of a good way to make your batting order. Yeah. Well, we got no one else to put. Where else? So you got Zobras, Baez, Bryant. Now, the whole thing, of course, is based on how Bryant does. Yeah. He There's, said his shoulder's fine. Well, I know he said that. And he's, uh, he's out golfing. Well, I saw him. There was a, a picture or there was some video on MLB.com. It was obviously something that his dad probably shot. It was him doing squats with oh, big weights. I heard about it, but I didn't see it. It was him doing squats. It was him hitting off the off the tee. Well, if the um, rotator cuff's uh, bad, you wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be doing squats because your arms are already you know bent behind you. Get your as go. you got the thing behind Get your you. Get on so. the blower. He'll know yeah. about that. So he he looked like he was you know he looked mm-hmm. good. So um, you know maybe a little bit of a weight here and there. And uh, I still think he does not miss a pitch from the waist down. And if I'm a pitcher, I'm not throwing him anything below the below the waist ever. Well, why would they? Ever? Well, they do. 
that's the amazing part. Now, I know it's a pitcher. You can't always say, here, I'm not throwing you anything. I, but if I'm the, you know, there's times you can watch Chris Bryant. He does not miss mistakes. Last year, pitchers didn't make mistakes on him. You know who Plus, else? he was hurt. He was there at the uh, convention, Sandberg. Yeah. Ryan Sandberg. And it, it's not a uh, a slap in the uh, face to say he was a mistake hitter. No. No one. I mean, he was one of the greatest mistake hitters of all time. If you if you laid that thing in there, yeah, he creamed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the video, everybody remembers the video last year of the Sunday night game where Chris Bryan told Alex Rodriguez, "This is where I like the ball," and because Rodriguez thought it was here, and he goes, "No, no, no, I like it a little bit inside." Why did right he say here. that? I, I know that was always <laughs> something I was wondering, but in that game, I don't like it here. In that game, someone threw him a pitch right there, and he hit the whole, hit a home run. He likes anything below the waist, and most hitters do. You can't catch up with the fastball, you know, letter high. And that's why, you know, so many guys are, you know, are, are struggling right now. Everybody likes the letter high fastball. Pitchers like it, and hitters can't lay off it. Well, you know, back when we were kids, and you'd listen to Jack Brickhouse, or you'd yeah. watch the game, or uh, Vince Lloyd, or your, your guys, you know, on the south side, the, the, the high pitch was what the home run hitters wanted. Yeah. Because it wasn't fast wanted, enough, they could get well, around. Right, that. exactly. They wanted it. Uh, they used to call it letter high. Right. You know, by you know armpit. Yeah. And that was the one they drive out of the ballpark. Sure. Keep it down low. Yeah. Now, exactly, you hit the nail on the head. Now it can't catch up with the ninety-five high heat. Right. So at ninety-five, <laughs> and then you got the relievers coming in the yeah. sixth, seventh, and eighth inning, and they're going ninety-eight. You know, so nobody can catch up with it. That's the biggest problem. That's I'm not worried about Chris Bryant's injury. I'm just worried that people are learning how to pitch him, and he's got to readjust. And that they've talked about it. They the adjustments they're going to have to make at the plate after yeah. last year. I looked here nine times in the month of in the month of September. Nine yeah. times they scored zero or one run. Right. Nine out of twenty eight games. It's not. It's not every game, but it's still a big chunk. I believe half of the final fifty four, one third. Of the season, it was two runs or less. That's that's fewer. That's probably true. Yeah, uh, they had a couple of big games: oh. ten, nine, seven, eight. But yeah, that's where that run differential can throw you off. That's why I never quite understood it. In, in I football, I, in football, I think it makes sense. In baseball, oh. not at all. I, I hmm. I've never been a fan of. I never it thought baseball. of it that way. In football. Points and points allowed, points right. scored. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. Like the, when the Bears kept losing fifty to uh, three that one year. Yeah, they looked bad and they <laughs> and deservedly so. And we coined a phrase that the state the fifty burger. Yeah, yeah, it happened two weeks two weeks in a row. But with in baseball, <laughs> run differential doesn't mean anything to me in baseball. In football, uh, you know, the, the point differential I think is a bigger thing, much bigger. So Zobers leads off. At second, Baez bats number two, Bryant in the three hole. Oh, hold that thought. You were talking about the high heat out of the bullpen. The Cubs have a guy named Dylan Maples. Yes. Is it Marples? Maples. 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 And his name's been popping up lately. Play a little game with me. Pull him up. He can throw heat. Yeah. Yeah. You won't believe how many people he walks. (laughs) I looked his number up the other day. people are actually taking his pitches. He can't throw um, strikes. Let's see. Minor and, league numbers for well, Dylan Maple. And last year with the majors also. But he walks as many guys as he strikes out. Uh, let's see here. Is it, yeah. Or with the Cubs, he only pitched five innings. I he walked five guys. And how many did he strike out? None. No, 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 no. Nine. Nine. Okay. Struck out nine. 
That's uh, not good. The walks aren't as bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, two to one. Uh, he's more than the 28 strikeouts at Iowa in 17. How many walks? 11. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. 28 strikeouts, 11, 44 and 15. That's pretty good. Oh, okay. That's a Myrtle Beach. Well, he's That's got electric eight. stuff. Yeah, double A. Uh, well, then maybe he will factor in this year. Yeah, double A Iowa last year, 75. 75 strikeouts, 39 walks. All right. That seems like that seems kind of a lot for 41 innings. Or yeah. does he? A 38 innings, 39 walks. Okay, so he's walking a man per inning. Yeah, that's that's probably not good. So that puts the old whip up. Yeah, at Iowa, that was not Show good. The whip. 39 walks in, 30, in 38 and two-thirds. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to walk a guy in inning. No, no. Okay, that's what I saw. That is what you not saw. Not strikeouts <laughs> per walks, walks per inning. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, 15 to 31, 11 and 13, 11 and 18, okay. 6 and 5, 37 okay. and 44. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. That was the hope for the uh, first of the, uh, in seven years pitchers that would make it and really help. Well, he's just got to get the ball over the plate more mm-hmm. often. No, stop the nibbling. So Rizzo bats fourth. So you're going to go Zobras, Baez, Brian Rizzo. Now I saw a few online uh, speculations where they do all 30 teams, you yeah. know, the possible, and they had Contreras batting cleanup. You know, what? They had uh, Baez number one, Bryant number two, Rizzo Contreras. You can't bet Contreras number four right now until he shows that he's not the guy you saw the last half of the year. No, but, but Joe's going to go um, him five and Schwarber six to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty. Exactly. He'll do that. Then seven, eight, nine is Elmora, Hayward, and the pitcher. Right, and it goes lefty, righty, all the way down. But the problem is between Hayward and the pitcher, you're going to have back-to-back outs. About what six out of every uh, eight, uh, seven, eight times. Well, the pitcher may have more hits. Well, yeah. Did you see that note about John Lester? He led all pitchers with who had pitched at least twenty-five games with nine ribbies. John Lester. What's interesting, you know, I got to hand it to this guy. John Lester comes over from Boston, and we looked this up a couple of years ago, Fred, remember? And he went 0 for 66 yeah. as a, uh, with Boston when he had to bat in uh, interleague games. Interleague games? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. He couldn't hit at all. And then now all of a sudden, he's actually not a bad hitter. Bouncing the ball off the left field wall, the right field wall. You know how much practice that takes? You're a guy... You never got a hit in the American League, basically. Right. In 10 years. Yeah. And his first year with the Cubs, he was abysmal. And all of a sudden, you know what he's doing? He's hitting the ball. Yeah. He He is making contact. Sometimes you make contact, you never know what's going to happen. Hey, let me ask you a question about the whole Harper thing. And maybe when our Forbes guy uh, checks in later. Uh Uh-huh. Forbes magazine financial guy. If a if a team like the Cubs indeed did sign Harper, all right, say so you got to give him between twenty five and thirty million. How much more money? I don't have the answer. Uh-huh. How much more money would the team make in the course of the year? So, do you get to a point where a guy like I'm still trying to unravel, you know, Ricketts and the money? Could it be? That you sign a guy like Harper, you've filled up the ballpark every game already, right. basically. Yeah. 95%. Yeah, maybe your sold April out. games are not yeah. sold out. 95% maybe. for yeah. the year. 
your TV things locked in with Comcast right. Sports Chicago or whatever, and some on nine and some on seven. You got your money coming in from MLB distribution for online and wireless and everything. Do you make any more? Can Ricketts make any more money? I know it's not supposed to be about the money. It's supposed to be about competition, but he's a businessman first and a Cub fan second. Let's be honest. So let's say, okay, so let's give Harper 30 million this year. Are we going to make 30 million dollars more and then break even? Yeah, I don't think. I don't think so. What other ways can you make money? Why? Why does there? Maybe why does, maybe you, uh, you you jack up your sponsorships and you have more sponsorships. 30, right, right field is brought to you by thirty million. Yeah, that's just to break even. Yeah, if you sign them. Uh-huh. Do you kick everything up? Do you kick all the prices up next year? Uh, because you spend a lot of money for yeah. to make up. Right. You spend thirty million for uh the next uh, what, eight years? You know, they used to talk about fixed costs. Right. Oh, that's sunk money, you know, Hayward. But isn't there also a ceiling to how much a, a team can make if the ballpark's full? The T V revenue won't go up this year. That's already locked in on a right. what fifteen year deal. Yeah. And the Cubs, as I understand it, get seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars per game for TV, be it Comcast Sports Chicago, be it Channel 7, be it Channel 9, they get three quarters of a million dollars per game. That's pretty nice. Well, that doesn't go up, though. No. No. You don't make any more money if you sign Hayward. Yeah. But you might have a... a Hayward. A Harper. Harper. I'm sorry. You don't make any more money to sign Harper, but you may win more games. Right. You could. Well, then you get, what, some postseason money? Right. Postseason cash and the, how much money? Uh, how, we always talk about how much the players get. I don't. I don't know how much the teams get when you win a World Series. The teams themselves. Yeah. What's the organization well, get when you win the World Series? Ticket money distribution, and I think the TV revenue is all divided by thirty. Yeah. Even for the postseason and world, that's all divided by thirty. Huh. Speaking of the TV network, I heard a lot this week. Now, Fred, I don't know the answer to this. Three three two three seven seven six. If we have someone out there, so there's a lot of talk that well, you know, one of the major expenses, and it could be, it could be that uh, Tom Ricketts has one of his major expenses is uh, starting up that new TV network. Yeah. All right. I'm thinking also that how that, much it, how much does that cost? I'm thinking also there won't be any TV, there won't be any games on nine or seven, will there? No. It'll be just their network. Oh, yeah. As far as I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the new network starting next year is the Bulls, the Blackhawks, and the White Sox. Right. But, I mean, they've always had games on Channel 9. Those are gone. Yeah. And Channel 7 here next door. Yeah. Hmm. So how much does it cost to set up a... uh... I have no idea. But there was talk like, oh, that's a big expense. We could buy a few cameras. Well, you got to have you got to have studios for your pre and post game show. You got to have a building. You got to have all talent. You got to have talent. Um, well, they're paying Len now. They're paying Jake. Oh, you're talking right. about pre and post stuff. Pre and post talent. And if you're going to be a 24 hour network, you got to have people that are going to be on all the time. That's peanuts. Uh, it is That's peanuts. Peanuts. You bring a couple producers in, and you know, <laughs> so it's peanuts. Huh. I'm, trying, I'm trying to find out how the uh, 
if the teams make any money. Uh-huh. Here, let's listen to Tom Ricketts. You know, when you sign a, uh, a player to a six-year contract or, or you know, sign a free agent to a seven- or eight-year contract, I mean, you, you budget in that you're going to lose that incremental flexibility in the future years. So the, um, I mean, and you make those decisions. And, you know, and honestly, like you look back at last season, I mean, 95 wins and it ended in a horribly disappointing way and everyone feels down. But, but you know, the, the three big offseason moves all had issues. I mean, whether it was, whether it was you, know, uh, you know, injuries or otherwise. I mean, had any of those guys been able to hang in for a season, you know, it would have been a different story. And, and those guys are all coming back and Darvish feels great. Then you throw in Hamels for a whole year. We got a good team. We got a good lineup, and we got you know we got the right people. But when you um, but you can't spend the same dollar twice, so you, you have to make resource allocation decisions. And no team has infinite resources. Resource. They really I think have he's their confusing own... people when he throws out the resource allocation. How, how about yeah. incremental flexibility? <laughs> They've really got a way of saying things, don't they? Yeah. It makes them sound like they're really smart. I'm not sure what that means. Incremental flexibility. Yeah. Who knows? Does it mean anything? Yeah, I, I, you can't spend the same dollar twice. I'm, I'm souring on this, Mr. Ricketts, as were the fans in our Twitter poll about yeah. an hour ago. I, I don't know about you, and I mentioned it to Jesse, and we mm-hmm. didn't have a t- he didn't have a chance. We didn't really respond to it or talk about it, but I didn't care if I heard Tom Ricketts' brother or sister talk on the family panel. Yeah, Tom Ricketts should have been up there by himself. Well, sure he should have. Just like Theo was up there today by himself. It was a terrible decision for uh, Ricketts not to do the Q&A. Or, or have Ricketts have Ricketts and, um, you know, have Ricketts and Theo up there. Well, think about it. I mean, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't hold a panel. Remember what uh, Jesse said? Remember. He said the Theo uh, Q&A yeah. was about half over. And we thank Jesse for coming yeah. on. I hope he didn't miss any anything good. It's a, if, if so, our... Our fault. Yeah. But he said he's been had all softball questions. Early, yeah. That's but, what Jet well yeah. Yeah. The fans started getting to him a little bit later. But yeah, we, we when he was out with Waddle and Sylvie, they asked him most of the most of the important questions I mm-hmm. thought about about Harper and about, you know, let's be honest, we know you're the general manager. You don't have the uh you don't you're not able to, you know, say how much you're gonna spend, but wouldn't you wanna have a guy like Bryce Harper? And not if you don't make any more money. Well, how much more money do you make by spending thirty million no, on, I mean, on you, Harper? No, no, no. But what I mean, if you oh. ask Theo that, if you ask Rick, is that is one thing. But if you ask Theo that, well, Theo's not worried about making money. Theo's worried about winning. Well, yeah, yeah. So, and you Theo's would think Theo's always that he would been help. allowed to outspend his mistakes. Yeah. Rick had said, uh, there was another. I got a little clip here. This is when he visited with the Capper, right? Right. And a great job, Cap. And thanks to Tom uh, Ricketts for coming on. He started talking about the bullpen. And I don't know why. This sort of rubbed me the wrong way. He's going, he's he's an expert now in the bullpen. You know what? I want the owner to not be giving me a critique on how the bullpen's lining up. Right. I don't know why. No, Murph, it's better that he's involved. I understand it can go both ways. Come on. Don't you want Jerry Reinsdorf breaking down the White Sox starting rotation? I've never heard him do it. Have you? No, he doesn't. No. No. Usually the only owners who do that are guys in football like Jerry Jones. George McCaskey like break down the O-line? Not often. No. No, not usually. Does Rocky break down the uh, front nine? No. No. So here's Ricketts, and God love him. He's versed on the uh, bullpen situation. 
Sounds like, though, you know, Theo's, Theo's working him. You can tell. Theo's, okay, this is, is it Dunsing. When Dunsing's name came up, I knew that we were in trouble. Well, I mean, obviously that's a Theo decision, and that's uh, that'll be up to them what they can, what what they, uh, what they decide to do if they want to round out the bullpen between now and opening day. But there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I mean, the bullpen, I mean, Pedro Strope has really been no. one of the most reliable relievers in the National League for, for many years. Seashack mm-hmm. had a great year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, CJ has the talent. He's got to hold it together a little bit. You know, Mike Montgomery. We have, we have these guys, and Moore will be back at the, uh, hopefully shortly after the season starts. Kinsler and Dunsing, if they can bounce back. Like, we have arms. And the other thing about bullpens, and Cap, you know this, like, nobody really loves their bullpen all year long because guys come in and out of focus. You know, there's guys that have a few good weeks and then have a few bad weeks. It, it's hard, and it's something people tweak all the time. So I would imagine that, um, you know, we're not done filling out the bullpen for the beginning of the year, but I wouldn't lose sleep over what we'll come up with. I think we'll have, we'll have guys that can finish games and, um, you know, and I don't think it's going to be a weakness on our team. No one loves their bullpen all year long. That's Theo telling yeah. them that. Well, and it's it's a true statement, right? And and also you you do adjust I'm your bullpen. Denying. No, no, you it's do just, adjust your bullpen throughout the year. I, I mean, I just don't like him getting to the point now where he's feeling so comfortable. He can uh, he's a baseball expert. He threw Dunsing in there. Okay, you know, and if no. if, if Kinsler and uh, who was the other guy? If Kinsler and uh, oh, if Kinsler and Dunsing, you know, have better years. Now here, here's who we didn't mention: Chavez and Wilson. Yeah, they're the two, not, they're they're not. two best relievers in uh, August and September are gone. Well, you would have never thought. You it, didn't mention it, that in May, June, or July. You would have never thought that you wanted Wilson, but then he got. Then all of a sudden, he started pitching. He well. saved him in August and September. Yes, he did. He pitched very, very well. Murph and Fred back in a flash. It's ESPN One Thousand. Home stretch, Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, Saturdays 9 till noon. Next Saturday, White Sox Convention. Tequila. Could you imagine if next Saturday we say, now let's go on over to the uh, the Hilton and uh, bring in Manny Machado, the newest member of Manny the Chicago Macho. White Sox. I don't think he'd like that. Just like Walter Payton when he was called him Wally. Uh, don't call me Wally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so a great piece uh, that I saw this week. It was what are you doing reading Forbes? No, I love Forbes. I actually am a subscriber. Are you really? Oh, I love Forbes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It must be one of those things where you yeah. here, pick three magazines and you pick Forbes. No, no, no. It's good. Like if, it, It's nice and heavy if you need like a swat at the fly. No, no. Okay. I love Forbes. I know. You know, it's a magazine where you learn how to do what, what yeah. you get with all the money you got. Learn what you did wrong. Yeah. Oh, see, it says here I shouldn't have done that. Uh-huh. Cubs ownership needs to answer for sudden financial restrictions. This was January 11th, uh, Ryan Davis and uh, Ryan's a freelance journalist and a baseball contributor. Forbes, uh, he's uh, been published by NBC Sports Chicago, The Athletic. Pops up a lot at uh, Bet Chicago Sporting News. And uh, now he's going to pop up on ESPN 1000. Let's say good morning. Ryan Davis, it's Mike Murphy here and Fred Hubner. Morning, Ryan. Morning, guys. How are you? Super. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we read some of your piece on the air back in the 9 o'clock hour. I found as a Cub fan, I agreed with you, loved it. And uh, 
Yeah, as you said right here, uh, you, you quote Tom Ricketts from back in October when he said uh, in an email, Ryan, to his season ticket holders uh, after the wild card loss to the Rockies. <sighs> Unfortunately, a thrilling summer at Wrigley Fields, as Tom Ricketts talking, gave way to a disappointing October, falling one game short in the NL Central, making an early postseason exit. Well, both, uh, they were both unfamiliar and uncomfortable, but they will motivate us. And here, now we will spend, but Fred said, doesn't say money, Murph. Nuh-uh. We will spend the winter working hard to give Joe Madden and our team the support they need to reclaim the division. Uh, and you talk about, oh, over the last few years, their average payrolls, etc. What was your impetus behind this? Uh, what uh, was your idea? You know, I got to write about this. What got you rolling on this fine piece, Ryan? Well, yeah, it's it's really, um, a lot of people took it as kind of throwing darts and calling them cheap, which I tried not to do. Uh, really, it was more about the explanation for the fans. And, and I cited the rebuild when they... You know, didn't do uh, quite as much spending during those years, but you know, Theo Epstein and the, and the ownership—they were very transparent about why they weren't spending at that time, and they they gave you your plan. You know, whether you liked it or not, this is the explanation. And to me, that was good enough then. Now, with you know, suddenly they can't even afford a middle reliever in free agency. What is the explanation? Why aren't they coming out and explaining again? Here's why you could go sign Tyler Chatwood and you Darvish last year. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, this year, you can't even go sign a guy like Zach Britton or Andrew Miller for the kind of money they got. As you say in your piece in Forbes, if you look at the last four years, all years in which the Cubs had legitimate World Series hopes, aspirations, the Cubs have had an average payroll ranking of number seven. Seven. The Chicago Cubs. Seven. And you talk about uh, the next couple of years after 2019 when the payrolls will come down. Uh, and you say, consider that uh, with the revenue streams and the new TV deal 2020. Here, Fred, listen to this. The Cubs will have around $50 million in salary coming off the books after this year. And after 2020, uh, they have just $45 million officially committed to the roster. So going beyond, here's the bottom line, uh, going beyond the next luxury tax threshold for one measly season isn't worth it to potentially land a generational uh, talent in his prime. There's going to be money coming off the books. Even more reason to say, why can't they bite the bullet if that's the right phrase just this year alone, right? Right. And yeah, it, it just seems like if there's a reason that this one year they can't go beyond it to you know, maybe make that move to bring in a guy like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or mm. whoever it may be that, that Theo Epstein would like to bring in. You know, we could, we've all heard the rumors about, you know, Epstein would like to go after Bryce Harper and ownership's not really moving on it. it. It just seems like there's something missing here that none of us can really put together about why there is this kind of roadblock of, you know, why can't they give a little bit this year to, you know, have a better long-term uh, view on it. Why can't they spread it out a little bit and use some of that future money uh-huh. now? Um, why can't they do that? It's it's not as if they can't afford to do that. Everybody knows they would admit that they have money to be able to do that. So it really comes down to 
why is that? It's just the explanation that the fans need. And, you know, when I hear from fans, that's what they want. They, they want the explanation. Why can't they do that? Explain it to us. And I feel like they haven't done a good enough job as of yet mm-hmm. explaining exactly why that doesn't work for them. Yeah. Talking with Ryan Davis's article in Forbes, uh, Cubs ownership needs to answer for a sudden financial restrictions. The, the, the part that I thought was real interesting too is you laid out that it's, it, it's not a, a, a poor team, sold out Wrigley Field, some of the most expensive ticket prices in the game. And then one of my favorite lines, and I had to underline it because I wasn't sure how old you were. Uh, suffice it to say the number of teams with a higher revenue stream than the Cubs could likely be counted on Mordecai Brown's right hand. Three finger Brown? <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, that, that that one immediately has struck me because that was awesome. And you're, you're right. I mean, that's my biggest thing. I, a lot of Cub fans thought, even leading up to this convention weekend, that listen, they're just they're just pulling our legs. They got enough money. They can go into the luxury tax for the one year. They got money coming off. They're going to announce that Bryce Harper is going to be sitting there along with with um, you know Chris Bryan. And I think we all thought that until until maybe the last couple of days when it's like, hey, they're really not going to spend any more money. Yeah, I, I still hear from fans who are, are saying, I, I won't count out Theo Epstein. I, I think he's lying in the weeds. I think he's playing everyone for chumps. And that's possible. You know, Theo Epstein has that kind of reputation of, of doing this. And I was fairly convinced, even when you know, they were kind of crying poor uh, at the start of the offseason, that this was kind of a a ploy to try and you know get in and get get the best bargain at the last minute maybe that is what they're doing but at this point it just seems like everything that you hear from everybody whether it be the front office themselves ownership you hear it from players agents you hear it from anybody who's you know had to have those conversations with the with Theo Epstein and his front office this offseason you know they just don't seem to have the money available in the budget to be spending the, the one last thing, and this obviously had to surprise you because your last your last paragraph talks basically about, well, he'll be sitting down for his Saturday morning panel. The fan base will be out for blood. How surprised were you that they decided to cancel that? I was pretty surprised. Uh, at first, I thought it was a direct reaction to um, you know a lot of the different topics that maybe are uncomfortable, um, like Addison Russell and, and not spending on the payroll. But, um, you know, after getting here to the convention and talking to a few people and then being a little more introspective about the past when the Ricketts sat up there and, and took those hard questions during the rebuild about not spending money and um, why they were losing so much and why the fans had to be patient, which arguably is harder than you know what they're doing now. Hmm. Uh, it, they did say that it, this was a decision made several months ago and it was based on information from previous panels where they said that their panel was really low rated you know that's arguable whether that was you know whether that it is low rated or not i think a lot of fans really appreciate that they sit up there i feel like maybe they'll change that moving forward but um to anyone who's still thinking that this is about not wanting to answer to fans questions on these topics i don't think that was initially why they did that uh, you, you mentioned uh, back in, well, the, the early years of uh, Ricketts, the Cubs did give plenty of explanations for the frugal spending of the early years. Uh, the organization was going through a rebuild, a renovating, investing in young talent, uh, the long-term winner. And, uh, you know, that made sense uh, back then. Uh, they would, though, uh, spend uh, when the time was right, they told us. I did a quick little uh, research to remind uh, myself. The first five years of Ricketts, 
two were before Theo, of course, Ryan. But the first five years of Ricketts, they finished last place, last place, last place, last place, last place. Now, fans yeah. were going out to a pretty good number even back then. And uh, it felt that, well, there's going to be the reward. Well, there was. There was a World Series. But now, all of a sudden, it just didn't seem right that the first five years to endure all that, now the money's uh, not there. Here's my question. I don't know if this is something we can discuss. I mean, a quickly answer if it's maybe next time. If the, if a team like the Cubs signed Harper for $30 million this coming year, multiple, would they make $30 million back? In other words, do they have a fixed ceiling? You mentioned, you know, sometimes billionaires, they just like to save a little money, too, like everybody else. Let me ask you this. Yep. If they did sign uh, $30 million this year with uh, Harper and then next year, next year, next year, would they bring in an additional $30 million this year, much less more than that, to make a profit? Or would that be a loss leader, as they call it? How The ballpark's filled. The TV uh, deals are already in place. Uh, can they make $30 million, uh, just to offset and, and break even? Well, it's a good question, and I would say two things. One, um, with kind of the way the season ended last year uh, and kind of the less excitement going on this year, I would even cite the convention as uh, I talked to a lot of people who agree with me. It's a little lighter on fan attendance this year than it has in the past. You can walk around a little more free without bumping elbows with everybody. Hmm. That's one example. And the other one is uh, one that Tom Ricketts gave me himself, and that is how much the payroll has gone up just over the last few years, and he talks about how they funnel you know, all the money they make right into the baseball operations budget. Uh, you know, look, at, look at what their payroll is going to be this year. It's, it is going to be one of the highest ones. It is going to be uh, you know, well over $200 million, which will be the most they've ever spent. You know, go back to 2014 when their payroll was $89 million. Yeah. You know, they've obviously made a lot of money off winning the World Series, not just the 2016 season when they made that money, but then the 2017 season selling out the park and everybody still kind of in the glow of the uh, World Series. And then even 2018, until things started to wind down and, and go wrong, they still were packing the crowds in, making money hand over fist. So, uh, yeah, I would say that, um, you know, wild card exits don't excite the fan base, but uh, World Series championships do. And I, I think that that would be something that maybe – Maybe they could make $30 million extra off uh, winning a World Series. I don't have their numbers. Yeah, I can't yeah. for sure piece that <laughs> together, but it makes sense to me. And uh, for next time, you had some interesting thoughts on that luxury tax, which they love to say, oh, you know, that luxury tax. That to me is, well, the, the players' union, that was their big mistake. But also, it's almost like a false ceiling, almost like legalized collusion. Uh, but that's yeah. a whole nother uh, piece that... Uh, Maybe uh, you can write for us next month, okay? <laughs> well, I'll have plenty of good stuff coming out of the convention, so keep an eye out for that. And where, where do we find you now? Where do fans find you uh, most of the time, uh, uh, besides where you have uh, already mentioned? We can find you in Forbes, find you at the Bet Chicago, The Athletic. Uh, you're everywhere. Yeah, I, I try and spread it out a little bit. Uh, most of my stuff right now is Forbes. I do some Cubs and White Sox at Bet Chicago. Um, you know, traditional coverage with a little bit of a hint towards maybe fantasy and betting. Uh, that's where you find most of my stuff. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm Ryan Q Davis. Cool. Q. Ryan Q. I yeah. like that. Is yeah. that what, Quincy? <laughs> it's just a Q, <laughs> no, Fred. It's a, 
It's that I have a very common name, and there were no there you go. There you go. Available. There you go. That's good. That's good. I'm going to be Michael Q. Murphy uh, <laughs> starting tomorrow. Hey Ryan, uh, let's visit again more leisurely uh, uh, in uh, next month or two. Okay. Sounds great to me. Thanks, guys. Super. Thanks, Thanks Ryan. Ryan Davis. He's good. Come on, I thought he actually was his middle name. This is a good. No, I knew right away. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Just sounded good. There were a lot of Ryan Davises. We had to pick out pick a. Middle initial. Fred Q. Hubner. Fred Q. Hubner the fifth. Yeah. I, <laughs> someone someone grabbed Fred Hubner on Twitter, so I had to grab, I had to go with the underscore. Back Ooh. in a flash, ESPN 1000. Never even knew what it was before that. a busy day. Glad you've been with us. I'm going to head on over to the Cubs convention in a little while. See if Jesse's working out. I'm sure he is. Oh yeah, he'll be there the whole time. Next week, Fred, you're going to try to stop by the uh, Sox? I'm trying to get there on Friday night. Uh, Friday night's the best night to get there because yeah. all the players are there. You can talk to all the players. And last year, I know I talked to uh, Kopech and Birdie and a bunch of other guys. And mm-hmm. uh, So we'll see uh, if I get a chance to talk to a bunch of people this, this time and uh, I may even bring a recorder with me. Or my phone, it's always with me. So A recorder is a, uh, a little type of flute. Do you ever uh, play yes. it? Yes. I, no, I've seen it, but I never yeah. played one. Yeah. Never played one. Nobody does. No. They do in school. <laughs> they always do in school. It's one I of the don't first think things they do. They first, do that anymore. First, second, third grade. Play the recorder. Let's bring in uh, EO11 at uh, a couple of loose ends, final Twitter polls. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Cub fans, who will have the best comeback? year. Come back in quotes. It'll be Chris Bryant, you Darvish, Wilson Contreras, or Addison Russell. What do the fans say? Who's going to have that big comeback year, EO? Uh, a landslide. 79% of the voters said Chris, Chris Bryant. Bryant. Yep. I'll tell you. They need Bryant and Darvish. If, yeah. Get, get, get the what if, Bell. What if Bryant and Darvish are, you know, big time? <laughs> Then the, then the year will be a good year. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will. With a little Darvish. more help in the bullpen. Yeah, they need they need. You know what? It would be even nicer if uh, Joe would let the guys go six or seven innings. But I, I know that's a whole other a whole other topic for another time. Cub fans, who should be the Cubs' leadoff man? Uh, multiple choice: Javi Baez, Albert Almora, Ben Zobrist, Chris Bryant. Well, it looks to me like letter C, but. Ben Zobrist, he can't play every day anymore, so that would be the mixing and the match. And uh, Fred, did you vote on I that? I voted on Zobrist. Okay. Yeah. What do the fans say there, EO? Zobrist got 34% of the vote, which got him in second place. Ooh. 52% said Albert Armora. So Armora loves the them. vote. See, people they do. love him. Uh, well, uh, too bad one of those people isn't Joe Madden. <laughs> uh, not that Joe doesn't love him, but Joe doesn't love him like the fans do. He was in a streak there in uh, May and June. At the start of the season, he was leading Major League Baseball in hitting right. for the first two months. He was hitting line drives uh-huh. everywhere. Yep. Going oppo, liners to right field. Yeah. Off lefties going with it, righties away. And then they it. said, oh, we're going we're gonna to give you some rest. That's not a good thing. Or they started pitching him. <laughs> oh, here's what he can't hit. Yeah. Hey, they learned. Those that- pitchers are smart. So one thing the pitchers do. Pitchers learn. Especially now. See, the video... And the uh, analytics and the breaking down helps pitchers more than hitters. Yeah. The pitchers know exactly what the guy can't hit. Sure it does. The hitter, just because he knows what that guy's going to throw doesn't help him. No. Anywhere near 
uh, for, for the pitchers. There's a lot of times batters will actually tell you sometimes if I knew what was coming, yeah. I was worse off. Well, Again, like, I wasn't sure where it was going. Well, Fastball, like sh- where's it coming? Right. High, low, inside, outside, what are we going to do? What a Schwarber cut we played earlier. Too much uh, analytics. Let's go bam, bam, see ball, hit ball. Yep. I think they messed a lot of these guys up. We'll find out. And Chili Davis, it's true. Rizzo stopped talking to him on May first. We covered that months ago, but now it's a big story All out of New York. All the Cubs need to do is you got to get you got to shorten up with two strikes. Rizzo does it, Zobris does it. Now you need the rest of the team to do it. Want to thank our guests Ryan Davis and Jesse Rogers. Nice to have Eric Ostrowski back right here. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Serious soon.